And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report for today. It is Tuesday, January 26, 2016. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. Of course, uh, the tundra that is northwest Pennsylvania at the moment. Where we broadcast live each and every weeknight from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Of course, we're simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. There you can, well, we're also um, shown live on our official YouTube channel. Uh, folks, uh, links to each audio and video broadcasting menu can be found on our website. Just go to hagmanandhagman.com. That's hagmanandhagman.com. Also resurrecting hagmanreport.com and homelandsecurityus.com. And uh, excited for that. And I'm Doug Hagman at the helm of film investigator, researcher, and most importantly, Joe, my son. Together we are the Hagman and Hagman Report, what I like to call America's premier father-son reporting, investigative reporting team. We dig deep in the topics of the captured mass media won't, never will. And just want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Thank you for your belief and your trust in us tonight. My goodness, it, uh, it really makes a difference. It really, we really think a lot of your emails and of course your postal mail that we get. And, uh, we really appreciate everything that you say and everything you do. And we appreciate your support and we appreciate, uh, we just appreciate you. Really long and short of it. Folks, portions of tonight's broadcast brought to you by Whole Tones. You know Whole Tones. WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. You know Whole Tones. It's a great company. In fact, we had Michael Terrell on, the uh, uh, the creator of WholeTonesLive.com, and uh, he explained to just basically how frequency does. It has, I mean, really, I don't want to say miraculous, but it really does affect moods. It affects your stress level. It affects your, it enhances healing. I mean, doctors confirm that healing music reduces anxiety, stress, uh, suicidal thoughts, even PTSD victims. Um, have been treated by this impression, of course. More on that later, but again, portions of the nice broadcast, folks, go to wholetonesalive.com if you haven't done so already and download their free samples. It's a fantastic product. We stand behind it. Joe, it's great to, it's great to be here. It's great to, great to have you here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, I'll tell you, things are getting really strange out there. It's interesting to the fact that, uh, uh, today's Baltic Dry Index. It was just released. It's not good news. Last time I saw yesterday it was 554. No, 354. 354. Right. Yeah. It went down nine points to 345. And I do believe, I, I really believe, you know, people say, well, how low can it go? Uh, how about 322? 322. Steve mentioned that, or I think we did uh, both. I think Steve said 333. We said 322. Um, I do believe there's significance in numbers. I really do. And that's, uh, I think, I think messages are being conveyed today. 
and I think this is one way to convey a message. But the Baltic Dry Index is really a composite of indices that measure um, what's at sea, the commodities being shipped ultimately. I mean, it's short answers. That's what the short answer is. It began on January 1st, 1985 at 1,000, and, of course, it has never, ever in the history of its existence been this low. So just kind of tossing that out there right now. And, again, that Baltic Dry Index is the uh, number that indicates the amount of, um, what would you say, commerce or uh, Well, yeah, I, I mean, you're looking at a, a, a number that is reflective the, the short answer is um, it reflects the commodities. In other words, uh, the higher the number, the more commodities are at sea being shipped uh, between countries, and the lower the number, the less is being shipped. I, that That's the result of a, of, of a number value. And uh, I'm not going to get into, the, you know, the, the, the really what the uh, BDI is, but um, I guess the, yeah, I mean, that's real simple. So in other words, remember two weeks ago when Stan was on talking about uh, looking at that map and saying, man, there doesn't yeah. appear to be any container ships at sea or any yeah. commercial. Well, was that right or was that just a glitch in the system? Hey, chances are. We can ask him tonight. That was right, though. No, I think that was correct because that's the Baltic. I mean, when you have a, a, a number that low, the Baltic dry index that low, uh, you get some serious problems. So, and the economy is in, in, in a tailspin, folks. It's just not the uh, U.S. economy; it's a, it's a global economy. And this is what they are after. This is what the globalists are after. They want to crash the entire global economy. And I think that, that we really have to take a good, hard look at what's taking place here, and know that we are in the end game. Now, people say, "Well, you know, you've been saying that for so long, and and uh, you know, it's, it's fear and." scare tactics and such. Well, no, no, no. Look at what's taking place. Look at the economies uh, across the globe. Now, look at the, also, the another important thing is, is look at the um, the posturing between countries. Uh, Joe, the, you know, between yeah. the East and the West. And, hey, shooting wars are preceded by currency wars, currency wars and, uh, yeah, uh, um, you know, so trade wars. So this is what we're seeing, I believe. The uh, story I saw today that caught my attention on the currency wars subject was about George Soros and what he was trying to do with China. China warned Soros against declaring war on its currency. Did you get a chance to see that? Uh, uh, Briefly, yeah. Not long after billionaire George Soros forecast a so-called hard landing for the Chinese economy, Beijing fired back at him. saying that warning of him of betting against its currency, according to media reports Tuesday, Soros challenged against the renminbi uh, in Hong Kong dollar is unlikely to succeed. There is no doubt that uh, no doubt about that, said a government official in an opinion piece widely cited by several media outlets. The article headline, Declaring War on China's Currency, was published by the People's Daily, the official newspaper of the Chinese Communist Party, which is uh, viewed as Beijing's propaganda tool. But a translation of the article can be found and linked to Zero Hedge, and it uh, gives you the background of the story. But Soros made a prediction and um, possibly was going to take action with his money, betting on the Chinese currency to crack or have a a setback, a major setback. And uh, 
and this is no secret, Soros has been vocal about China's economy and their recent economic woes, according to this article. But um, Soros did not respond to a request after uh, a call was placed at China's Ministry of Finance. Uh, he did not want to comment, but worries about China have persisted in the 2016, playing a key role in wiping out some $3 trillion in market cap in the first week. And Soros is not expecting it just for China. Most economic forecast China's gross domestic product to grow in the margin of 6% uh, because of the country's slow, slowing manufacturing activity. But they're having problems in Japan. Um, what's it, the the Nikkei Index? The, the Nikkei Index. The Nikkei Index was down yeah. 351. Uh, or I think that's what it closed at, down 351. Down. Right. And we saw gold is up, I think, $12. There's a lot of fluctuation between oil, gold, or the commodities markets and the currency markets. As one goes up and down, the other seems to to take uh, its place. Where you see the drop in the value of oil, you see a rise in the value of gold, at least today, and the markets of Asia, and so on. No, it's the the economy out there is is. I mean, I mean, what we're seeing here is economic wars and and. and just tremendous. Now, you know, going to yeah, open this up. China stocks 13 month low. Uh, yeah. Well, that's from Bloomberg News from today, from this morning. You know, a couple of things, and if I can give a sh- or, um, JD, if you can hear me, I I, I apologize for this, uh, or if you're listening, um, can you stick up the uh, current uh, YouTube on our website? In all the in all the excitement of today, I failed to do that. It is up. Thank you. Okay. On the on the uh, Hagman and Hagman dot com. All right. Whoever did that, thank you. Yeah, it was just it was just uh, yeah, it's just one of those days. Let me tell you, and and everyone has those days, right? Where it's just crazy. All right. One of the things that's bothering me now. Now I want to. If I can take a few minutes here to discuss this, I know the economy is huge. Uh, indeed, it's huge. But there's something else going on here. And, and I did a, a I did a brief uh, a briefing from my office this morning, uh, early this morning about this. And, and this is something, folks, that we need to be paying very close attention to, extremely close attention to, because. Well, it has the it has the p- potential to change the landscape. I mean, I'm talking about the landscape of of free speech. It has the potential to change everything. Um, in a nutshell, I suppose. Remember the Center for Medical Progress back uh, the spring and summer of last year. Yeah. Okay. They uh, the Planned Parenthood videos. Uh, right. Right. Uh, um well all right they they issued they they had uh, published about oh i don't know a dozen videos they had numerous hours numerous hours of, of video tape um what what they did a few individuals and i'm trying to actually i'm trying to get my can't get this, you know, these computer systems. Before the show, but this is something that I want. I had. This is just incredible. These these computer. This new operating system is just 
Sorry. Yeah, Windows 10. I wanted to ask you about this case because there is something about the charges that I missed yesterday yeah, or yeah. glossed over that is very important. Well, I've been immersed in this pretty much throughout the night. but The charge of dealing in tissues? Right. Well, okay. How about this? Let me back up here. Now I've got my, I've got my, um, I got my bearings here. Here's the issue. There, there, there are two separate issues, and, and let's go back because this is going to affect all of us. And if you watch the video I did earlier today, folks, you'll understand why and how. Center for Medical Pro- Progress, two, two real key individuals here representing the Center for Medical Progress, uh, David Daliden and also um, Susan. Or Sandra Susan Merritt. Merritt. Yep. Okay. And there are a few others. Actually, a total of six individuals slash entities and others and unknown co-conspirators inclusive. Now, this is the new battlefield in America right now. It's it's really not new, but it, it's affecting the, um, the truth tellers. Is weaponizing the legal system against people who are telling the truth. Yeah. It is to wait, wait a second, because this is, this is important. Okay, when you when a person strikes a nerve, when a truth teller out there strikes a nerve, and, and this happens, and, and this is going to be happening, folks, to you, uh, it, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not next week or next month, but trust me, this is going to happen to you. When you strike a nerve, and you call uh, you call out someone, and you say, "Look, here's an issue," or or you threaten to expose, or your your research is, exp- is threatening to expose someone. Oh man, watch out because they will weaponize the legal system against you, and if nothing else, they'll do it just to tie you up and to to, to bleed you dry, money wise. Okay, well, this, in my view, is exactly what's happening here with Planned Parenthood. Except, except it's just it's more than that because see, not only is Planned Parenthood it again. This is my personal professional opinion. I got to preface this because. You know, the lawsuits are, you know, everyone's litigious. So let me preface this by saying all of this is my, in my personal and professional opinion. Um, in addition to Planned Parenthood filing a lawsuit against the Center for Medical Progress and individuals that, that took the videos, covert videos, and, uh, those yet unknown co-conspirators inclusive in this article, so m- meaning that this 64-page lawsuit, sound familiar? Anyway, so it's, never mind. The 64-page lawsuit, uh, to, to read it is, and I read the entire lawsuit, this RICO lawsuit, it's just, it, it is unconscionable that, that attorneys, it's it's just it, it. I'm I'm getting stressed here because I you, can you tell I'm stuttering. Okay, but, but that's one issue that was filed on J, uh, January 14th of 2016. The separate issue, which you're talking about, Joe, well, is, yeah, is the Texas governor Greg Abbott convening a grand jury. Okay, Conve- convening a grand jury, and and and. Well, go ahead. Well, this David Delinian, uh, was charged Delidin. with, Delidin yeah. was charged with, and, and he was indicted on a misdemeanor account related to purchasing human organs. Well, okay. Now, which they, which they never did. Un, well, they posed as undercover tissue companies to buy aborted fetal tissue from the Planned Parenthood Gulf in order to, um, get the evidence they needed, which, you mentioned yesterday that this practice, uh, an investigative 
uh, context is legal and uh, is not criminal. Uh, what they did was, um, you had a term for it yesterday, the practice of, of going well, undercover well, and, and permissible pretext. Permissible but, pretext. But 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 see, that's not even the issue. Hang on a second. No, it's not. Back on. And um, you mentioned the the fact that you know these people have um, uncovered evil and exposed <laughs> it, and they're being charged for it. What happened to whistleblower protection or what about see see something see, say something? Exactly. Okay. You're well. Gonna, Okay, what? I'm going to what? Not you, but, you know, uh, people aren't going to be so willing and likely to come forward to to say something to the big brother and DHS out there if they're in fear of being prosecuted for it. Well, it, what it, you it, said about people are going to either get to the point where they're pushing buttons or they're going to be conforming to the other side because that's where it's coming down to. Well, it, it, right, and this, this, okay, this, what's taking place right now with Planned Parenthood is the template for the New World Order, if you will. The, the, this is the template for the implementation of the New World Order in the larger sense. <laughs> Sorry, I just ran into my office and got some, got some notes here that I took. Um, I went through the 64 page lawsuit and to read it again, it's, it's just incredible in terms of, um, in terms of what it states, it's fulfilled with hyperbole, and uh, it's really it's it's ridiculous. But 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 how about this? So you've got you've got uh, last uh, last week, um, Planned Parenthood filed a, a federal racketeering lawsuit against against David Deleden, Sandra Merritt. Um, now the Texas grand jury. Who took this up upon up investigation filed charges of felony tampering with a government record against uh, against uh, David Deleden and Sandra uh, Sandra Merritt, and against David Deleden, uh, felony tampering with a government record, and and this and the prohibition on the purchase in, in, in involving himself in the pro, uh, uh, violation of, of the prohibition on the sale and purchase of human organs. But see, how can that be? If Planned Parenthood in October of last year said they weren't doing it, they, de- they denied doing it. They said, we don't do this. As a matter of fact, October of 2015, they came around and said that, in, in fact, we're not doing it and we, we're, we're going to stop taking federal funding for the act that we're not doing. Okay. That's, <laughs> so, so this is how twisted this is. Now, uh, I don't know, folks. You might remember back in 1985, January 1985, New York Daily News. They did a they did a um, uh, an interview with Judge Saul Wachtler, or Wachtler, excuse me, Judge Saul Wachtler. And, and in this interview, it was a, it was an interview about the court system. But he uh, he stated this. He stated that district attorneys have so much influence on grand juries that they could get them to indict a ham sandwich. Now you remember this this that phrase was made. Absolutely, um, it was a household phrase for a while. There was made famous by author Tom Wolfe in the 1987 novel, The uh, Bonfire of the Vanities. Remember that movie? Remember that or that novel? Oh, big time! Anyway, uh, <laughs> the judge himself, who said that, was embroiled later in a controversy involving a domestic matter. But having said all of that, the important issue here: the there was a uh, last summer there was a grand jury that was convened at the behest of the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. To, to look at both Planned Parenthood and uh, the Center for Medical Progress. So the 
and, and you have to understand, folks, that it's now it's my experience that the government, that, that grand juries serve really at the behest of, of the of the prosecutors. They serve, um, they act as the um, well. They've got so much power. It, it's it's like uh, using a grand juries. Is, it's if you've ever been involved in a grand jury. If you've ever sat in on, uh, sat in, uh, as a, in a grand jury, or if you've ever been involved in the grand jury process, you know it's a one-sided deal. Okay, so they're usually held in secret, um, or you know everything that's, that's said in there is is contained. It's not public, and the prosecutors have a lot of leeway. Bottom line is this: the uh, uh, what the uh, this Texas grand jury came out with was. Uh, indictments against the Center for Medical Progress uh, individuals as stated for the, again, for tampering with a government record, meaning this is more of a, um, uh, when you, when you, when you get into the, into both the indictment as well as the RICO suit, this is more of a, um, a f- using false pretext, uh, pretenses in order to say you're so- someone you're not. Involving the government system. In other words, the when you when you buy fetal tissue, or when you are involved in the system that allows for the procurement of fetal tissue for research, the government oversees that. So, if you say, for example, that you are uh, a member or you are involved in that as a purchaser or a seller, depending on what the case might be, then you are misrepresenting a, uh, yourself as a government agent. So that, and that's a felony, all right? That's what that stems from. The other part of it is, again, the prohibition on the on the purchase and sale of human organs, which, uh, once more, tell me, ladies and gentlemen, if Planned Parenthood denied being involved in selling the hearts, the kidneys, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, baby parts if they denied that and and said they weren't selling it how can someone be indicted for that so while you have the civil end of things over here with the rico suit filed by planned parenthood and their highly highly paid uh attorneys you've got the criminal suit over here by the government now they're two separate Actions, but they are working together. It's a symbiotic relationship that's working together. The planning or, or or the timing of this. Does anyone find it suspect? A grand jury convened last summer comes back with an indictment just just within days after and the RICO action was filed. They were yeah, and they were looking at Planned Parenthood. Um, these two people were not on any grand jury or indictment list. The, what happened was um, the grand jury's investigation initially began by the Harris County District yes. Attorney's Office in yep. Houston was looking into Planned Parenthood, but jurors concluded that the organization committed no wrongdoing. And instead, um, as this says here, um, they say that the uh, this was pretty uh, rare to see this happen, but that the... Although it is unusual for a grand jury to indict someone who was not the initial target of the investigation, grand juries are supposed to be independent and follow the evidence. That from Philip Hinder, uh, I'm sorry, Hilder, a Houston criminal defense attorney. He says, I think it's up to the grand jury to judge and evaluate the credibility um, of those making the accusations. It is apparent here that the grand jury felt that a crime had been committed by the accusers. Now, I'm not 
that familiar with the process of grand juries, but do you remember a case where somebody or a corporation or a person was indicted and the grand jury turned around and would indict somebody who was not on the list? I mean, isn't this sure. their job? Oh, yeah, yeah. How they do that? Yeah, okay. but, but yes, because the, a, a grand jury is serves as an investigative body and a um, really is a, is a long arm of the of, of I shouldn't say a long arm. It's it serves as an investigative body where evidence that would not ordinarily be allowed uh, uh, into a normal trial is, is introduced into a grand jury. And I, I, rather than get into the grand system of the grand jury, know that just know this that the prosecutor really holds all of the cards. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's real simple. You, you, it, it it's they hold all of the cards, and that's unfortunate uh, in this case. But uh, so. You've got two different two different actions taking place now. In Oct- again, in co- October 2015, Planned Parenthood announced it would stop accepting money for mm-hmm. uh, supplying fetal tissue, body parts, in other words, uh, from aborted babies. So and you see, today they deny that they ever ridiculous. did it, and they right they say that you know, oh, this is all lies, and that that this even proves that the the lies is much more uh, heinous, and the videos were actually a, de- a deception. Um, placated on the people. I don't know if you've. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I've gone through this entire CNN, thing. Here. Washington Post, New York Times, and they all have that. When you see the Planned Parenthood representatives commenting, they always are throwing in uh, either that these people were anti-abortion extremists, or that this proves that the videos were basically a falsely created deception. Yeah. Well, it's not. I mean, they're not. They're not. Do you remember Hillary Clinton saying, we will get the person who made these videos? I read that on a comment section yesterday. Yeah, I have yeah, not been uh, able to find uh, it, though. Well, I, th- I you're, yeah, you're paraphrasing here. I think she, what she meant was we would, or what she stated was, uh, we're gonna, we are going to, um, go after. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, hang on just one second here. Let me re- refresh this because and it's really, wow. Back in October 27th, 2015, Hillary Clinton called this, um, Planned Parenthood aborted baby sale tissue sale a witch hunt. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, there we go. All right, now now I feel good. I feel, I'm, I'm back. Okay. She claimed that the creation of a special committee to investigate Planned Parenthood is just a code for partisan witch hunt. Well, back in the 27th of and, October. And, and don't forget where. And we have to look at the larger picture here because Hillary Clinton is a is a follower of Margaret Sanger. In fact, the recipient of the Margaret Sanger Award, yeah. and and what did Margaret Sanger do? She was the um, uh, she was the eugenics, you know, the the mother of eugenics, if you will, and uh, in in fact was a hideous uh, a proponent of eugenics, mm-hmm. hideous proponent of of actually culling the uh, black population yep. and the, those who have lower IQs. But but let me just, in case you haven't, folks, in case you haven't delved into this complaint, let me just go over a few things here real quick, because. Um, Again, this to me, this is you, you have to hear this to really understand. I believe um, what Planned Parenthood's accusations are. And again, this is filed on January fourteenth, twenty sixteen. And the introduction here, you, you've got different parts of a, of a civil suit. You've got, of course, the, the you know the, the the main page which lists the plaintiffs and the defendants. This, of course, is filed in the United States District Court, Northern District of California, San Francisco Division. Oh boy! All right. The uh, what this is is a complaint for damages and for declar- decla- uh, yeah 
declaration and injunctive relief, demand for a jury trial. Pretty standard verbiage. And who's who's actually bringing this suit? It's the Planned Parenthood Federation of America, Incorporated, Planned Parenthood, Shasta Diabala, Incorporated, DBA, Planned Parenthood of Northern California, and on and on and on. I mean, all of these are northern or this area of California. They're the plaintiffs. And who are the defendants? Well, the Center for Medical Progress, Biomax Procurement Services, LLC, David DeLeden, also known as Robert Sarkis, Troy Newman, um, Albin Romberg, Philip S. Cronin, Sandra Susan Merritt, also known as Susan Tenenbaum, Gerardo Adrian Lopez. And this is where, to me, this, this tells me a lot, uh, and unknown co-conspirators, inclusive. So they are looking and intend through the discovery process to find additional people to, to join, join in the suit. This is a RICO action. And I can't stress enough, this is a RICO action. And again, I would urge everyone. This is what they use to charge, uh, mafia or, right. or large criminal conspiracies. Right. The intent here for, uh, under RICO, which is, um, you can search RICO, but the intent uh, with using RICO is to, is to go after organized, organized crime syndicates. And it was, it was, um, created for that purpose and, uh, uh, at least at the criminal, uh, level. And now they've introduced this into the civil court system and, and this is, and, and this is uh, what we're seeing here. But here's the reason why this is important, ladies and gentlemen. And again, if you, if you take the time out, if you don't mind, uh, to going to YouTube. Now, I, I have in progress, and, and certain things happened today where I was taken, taken away from what I was doing, um, suddenly and unexpectedly. And I apologize for that, but along with my, with my video, is, is a write-up that I'm doing, and it's gonna be a summation of what I'm talking about here right now. But here's why this is so important. Because out of all this stuff, we could be talking about the economy. We could be talking about the the war that's coming. Well, this is part of the domestic uh, assault against the domestic, or or on the domestic front. And here's why this is important. What is going to take place civilly and criminally is going to affect you and me and him and Eric and everyone. And here's why. This case will be used to demonize, not to demonize, to criminalize, now listen carefully, to criminalize the ideology of pro-life. So in other words, if you are pro-life and you speak out in favor of pro-life issues or on the side of anything against abortion, that action of you speaking out will be a criminal act. And they're going to cite this case to make that happen. Now think about that for a moment. You're on Facebook, and you promote your own ideology or the ideology of being pro-life. That that could very well be construed, in my view, based on what, where I see this going, as a criminal act. And you think, oh, this is all that, come on, come on, that's BS. That's not going to happen. You go out to protest the uh, the killing of unborn infants at a Planned uh, plan Parenthood facility, you will be arrested. That will become a criminal act. If you go out or if you type on, like again, Facebook or use Twitter or any social media to advance an agenda, your ideology of pro-life, you could be charged. This is where I see this heading now. Okay, but they're not going to stop there. This will become a legal template once if, I should say, if 
it is litigated favorably in favor of Planned Parenthood, this will become a template for any political and religious ideological dissent. Now, please understand what I'm saying here. It's like those eco-terrorists we talked about yesterday using a new defense of yes. breaking the law in court and having a judge actually hear it in two separate cities Yes, in the same two weeks for the first time in history. Exactly. The introduction of this, Joe, and, and again, I, I went through all 64 pages um, of this complaint, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really a legal tripe, okay? It is filled with hyperbole, and um, I, I've seen similar complaints. I, I do believe they're, it's my personal opinion that they're written by people that have, uh, uh, the, it's my personal belief that, you know, they're written by people that are just absolutely psychotic, okay? That's just my personal belief, and that, so don't take my word for it. It's just what I feel personally. All right. Um, it, this complaint, this is starting out, you know, the first line, first page, basically. This complaint details, and, and I'm going to give it word, word for word here, a complex criminal enterprise conceived and executed by anti-abortion extremists. Notice these words that are being included in this suit. This is not by accident. This is a well-crafted document. So, folks, if you believe that it's wrong, for to have to, to kill children, unborn children, you are now an anti-abortion extremist. Th- this complaint is filled with hyperbole, inflammatory language. Okay, the express aim of this enterprise, it is written here, which stretched over over years and involved fake companies, fake identifications, and large-scale illegal wiretapping, illegal taping. I'm sorry, was to demonize Planned Parenthood harass and intimidate its dedicated staff and interrupt its operations, all with the ultimate goal of interfering with women's access to legal abortion. Now, hold on just one second here. Okay. In, as you had mentioned earlier, Joe, when, when a, when an undercover detective goes in to make a, sets, sets up a, a or knows that there's a drug dealer and he's going to go, go buy a, a uh, an eight ball, a cocaine, or a quantity of cocaine, or whatever. That police officer is not representing himself as a police officer. In fact, he's operating under the pretext of a buyer of a commodity that's contraband, legally illegal, or um, legal con- illegal contraband, right? So there's a permissible pretext there given by the court system that if someone is engaged in illegal activity, yes, the police are allowed to use that pretext to go in and to make a controlled buy. Now, entrapment, you might say. Well, here's where entrapment comes in. If that same police officer goes to a cab driver out of the blue, and this cab driver has nothing to do with drugs or anything, and forces him to go to someone to buy or, or, or forces him to, to, to buy a drug and then sell it to the police officer, and then the police officer arrests a cab driver. Now, that's entrapment. Okay? Do you see the difference here? In other words, the uh, a police officer going to a drug dealer and buying drugs, there's a continuing course of criminal conduct by the individual that is the suspect in this case, and, of course, that person. It'd be like asking the drug dealer to drive a cab illegally without a license. That's entrapment, too. Okay, but the fact of the matter is, 
the uh, Center for Medical Progress went in there, the individuals went in there, they didn't ask Planned Parenthood to, to you know, sell them drugs. No. They're inquiring, and inquiring is the key word here, about uh, what they do with their body parts. And you see, again, the legal system, the civil legal system, is weaponized, being weaponized by Planned Parenthood, is being used as a weapon by Planned, by Planned Parenthood. But, but here is where it gets really, to me, where, where uh, I'm saying uh, people better understand what's taking place. This will extend. This will extend to everyone who has an, a, a verbal opinion or a written opinion about abortion. Because this, this, the, the investigative work product of the Center for Medical Progress was so good, was so, was so damning to Planned Parenthood, was so on the money accurate, and this took Planned Parenthood by complete surprise, that Planned Parenthood had to respond. Not just by denial, but by demonizing themselves, the individual who exposed the wrongdoing, individuals who exposed the wrongdoing. In so doing, they received help from, and this is my belief based on reasoned and intellectual research here, received help from the government, and I'm talking about the, the globalists within the government, to launch this civil suit. And in my view, based on my research, acted in tandem with both state and federal investigative bodies to make sure not only were the individuals who exposed these activities of Planned Parenthood were um, prosecuted civilly or engaged in civil litigation, but also criminal litigation because of the timing. So what I'm telling you, and, and, and I immediately what came to mind is Coach Dave Dobmeyer and, and, and others on his team, and anyone else who would, when when we were had, anyone else who would go to the Supreme Court, for example, for any cause, whether it be abortion in this case or homosexual marriage, and whatever the perversion might be, the perversion against morality, in order for the globalists to bring in this one world government, which key is the one world religion. They must, they absolutely must criminalize the activity that could take down such objectives. This is why it's so important. Did I just make sense? That mm-hmm. Eric, feel free to yeah, okay, he's shaking his head yes and then he throws up his hands and throws something at me. Okay, yeah, there you go. Now, um, that's because this is so this is so absolutely dire, I believe. I believe people are going to be looking at this and looking back in history and saying, this was that moment in time when we had a chance to do something and we didn't. You see, in this 64 page and, and through the, um, the article that's going to, that, with my, um, with the earlier video that I did and the article that's going to be, that's going to be attached, um, if you go to homelandsecurityus.com, it will be up there. But I'm going to link this, this, uh, and, and you can find a PDF file on this. Now, if you use like Firefox or whatever for whatever reason, it just gets like it's all garbled. So you might have to use uh, Explorer or some other. Uh, but, but anyway, it's a PDF file. But but this plan or this RICO suit explains and gives numbers of how many 
abortions basically they've done and, and what their what their client base is in just in that community in that area of California and it and it's interesting they're talking about California here in this well, of course it, it gets involved I'm not going to get through the whole case but um, this happened in Texas but well it's the Planned Parenthood Gulf right um, it's a regional well that's part yes, of their yes system so yeah, but but it's interesting because the the very case that they deny or the very issue they deny is number 3 and this fetal tissue donation is entirely legal and plays a vital role in medical research this is what planned parenthood is saying in the, in this civil uh, rico case virtually every person in the US has benefited from research that relies on fetal tissue the vaccines for polio, hepatitis, rubella, chickenpox, and so on. Now, I'm not going to read it all, but it, it's laden with a lot of not just hyperbole, but also information that would. Um, I've, I've seen few. Um, civil suits constructed like this. When I say few, I mean it's when you've got this the number of adjectives here i suppose if 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 they took out the adjectives um they could probably cut cut this cut this whole thing in half the hyperbole they could cut this in half the length of this in half but but this is uh but you could tell that that planned parenthood in, at least in my view is really running scared on this but but again the the what's Not the bigger anymore. picture what's the takeaway what's the takeaway right right the takeaway is Folks, any, any, and we also, we, we've seen the censorship now. We've seen censorship take place on Facebook and Twitter. You post something pro-life on Facebook, it's going to be censored or it has a good chance of being censored. If you use certain keywords, if you, de- if, if you talk against Planned Parenthood, um, it will be censored. But now it's, it's going, it's going from criminalization to, cen- or it's going from uh, censorship to eventual, ultimately to criminalization. And this is what I want to get across because the ushering in of this one world government is going to be dependent, wholly dependent upon ushering in the, the, um, uh, one world religion, this, this amalgamation of, of Islam, Christianity, and Ju- Judaism. And, and perverting all three monotheistic religions is what, is what they're trying to do. And, and this is why you see, for example, the Vatican, the Pope saying, well, uh, you know, it's okay to be, uh, you know, if you're, for example, homosexuality. We're a little bit. We're we're kind of pulling back a little bit on on certain areas of morality. And this, and, is, you know, this <clears> is why, why. TV shows called Lucifer giving bad a good name can air on network TV. There you go. Yeah, without any backlash or uh, outcry. So I, I just I really don't. I, I mean, people might say, "Well, enough of this abortion, enough of the homosexuality, enough of this." But when you start to look at it and, and say, "Okay." Um, the and, and you mentioned this earlier, Joe. You mentioned about the whistleblowers. Here, the Center for Medical Progress. Oh, the anti-abortion activists. And I, I said that okay I, earlier, but I just want to make sure anti-abortion extremists. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's important language. So, <clears throat> anyone who writes and, and you will be labeled an anti-abortion extremist, which then puts you on the lexicon of DHS, which then um, has a chilling effect with respect to being able to purchase weapons or to, to buy a gun or to, um, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's, it's, so can you see the larger 
criminal um, enterprise that's being that's being created here. So everyone will be a felon, and no one will be able to have the freedom that they so desire in this new world order situation. And and I purposely say new world order because that is the that that's the key element here. This you know people say well um, you know. We're, People ask about the new world order. When is it going to be in place? And it's got to be in place only, you know, uh, under the under under Satan or Lucifer. No, it doesn't, because you're seeing the the architecture, the framework being constructed right now before yeah. your very eyes. <clears throat> you make a good point. <clears throat> you all right? You you, you, you okay? <clears throat> I got some important you to got, say. You got a hairball in there? Yeah, apparently. Um, no, you're right. I mean, this is uh, just so far off the deep end when you see people exposing or trying to expose actual, not even crimes, but we're talking about murdering and, and the profiting off of the corpse of the, the murder victim. And they yes, are the ones yes. who are arrested. Well, they are the ones who are going to be prosecuted. They are the ones who now have criminal charges that they're facing. While Planned Parenthood will call them anti-abortion extremists, will use this to, uh, like you said, to you set know, precedents as far as um, y- people who come against them. You and I, okay. Um, and the 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 and you're exactly right when you said about the system of the, the kingdom of darkness, the Antichrist kingdom. Yes, that has to be here before the Antichrist comes. That will be completely in place when he gets here and it, it reveals himself. Yes, yes, and, and and people people in their mind have this. Um, they they adhere. They've got a death grip on a certain way that that things are going going to unfold. Meanwhile, everything is unfolding right in front of their eyes, and they're not recognizing it. You and I. I, I want to go back. I want to just touch on this story. Um, just to be clear. Back in the 1990s, and, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the in the 15, 10, 14 minute video I did. Anyway. Um, back in the mid 1990s, I worked for one of the uh, it was a one of the largest companies in, in the United States. They hired me, my firm, to investigate intellectual property theft. It was a communi- telecommunications company, and it was it was, it was it was pretty intricate in terms of what was going on. But um, uh, individuals, well, I'll give you an example, a byproduct of this intellectual property theft. Now, you got to listen carefully to this. Because this is important, a byproduct of this intellectual property theft were the end users of a circuit board that you put it in the, those old cable boxes, or even the cable box itself that allowed you to get all the free channels, you know, for nothing. You, you folks, you recall that mm-hmm. big dust up that way back in the? Okay, so you buy a cable box and you hook it up and you, you get all kinds of channels for free, unscrambled. Okay, this is back in the day. I don't even know if they have them. Yeah, now. used to. I mean, what I they know. did was um, it offered pay per view. Uh, right. Like uh, special events, like boxing matches and, right. and so on. Yeah, so HBO, that kind of stuff. In the area, in 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 our region, and when I say region, I'm talking a multi-state region. Uh, they estimated their their losses in the in the tens of millions of dollars. Okay, so the head of the company tasked a uh, regional director to hire me, hire my firm to investigate this. So what I did was. Um, and it was rife. Everything was, I mean, the activity was rife. So what I did would, I would go in to different people, companies, and whatever, and arrange 
present myself as as an end either an end user or a member of another company. In fact, a fictitious company, very much like what the Center for Medical Progress did. The, these individuals there, and then I would make a a, a buy, and then of course it's all about the buy. It's right. all about how far they let you go. Right, those people that you're investigating. Right, and and it was you know, again, I was not asking them for you know a kilo of coke or whatever. No, it was it was it was the permissible pretext under which that these people were operating and, and conducting their their line of business. So, all right, so what happened was again the weight of this company was such that they were able to get the FBI and uh, and and say hey. At the J. Edgar Hoover building, and say, hey, you know, uh, Doug Hagman over here is, is, he's got a mountain of evidence against a whole bunch of companies, um, for criminal activity. Would you investigate? Well, they were like, they were, you know, at the door in a minute, okay? Because again, money talks, commerce talks. You had a different Department of Justice back then. And I'm not saying it was better or worse, but nonetheless. Okay, so, the uh, the FBI working with the local district attorney, and I'm telling you this for a reason because I can see how this is this is playing out. They said, "Okay, um, what do you have?" And they looked at the evidence and they said, "Great, uh, here's what we want to do. We want to wire you up. We're going to send you in various places." This is one of the times that I work for the Department of Justice, and the FBI is an operational asset. And they said, "Okay, we're going to wire you up. And we're sending you in different places. You make controlled buy. Here's here's our money. Use our money." Use our camera equipment, our wires, or whatever it is. And we had better stuff than they did, but nonetheless. And and you go in and make the purchase. Not a problem. And then you come back out, and we catalog the the, the circuit boards or whatever, and uh, then we will file criminal charges against them. And they were all felonies. And uh, you know, in fact. You go in and, and you talk and you try to get their supplier. It's kind of like a drug thing. Their supplier and their supplier and their suppliers. See where this leads. Well, it got to the point where um, I happened to get into a case where the suppliers were into organized crime. I mean, we're talking about, you know, mafia. And they had to pull me out because it was... <laughs> it was a little dicey, actually. Yeah. You know, Um but, but having said all of that, okay, and, and I was present when when a guy brought, uh, as a matter of fact, a, 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 a man brought a, uh, oh, about a million, eh, not quite a million, it was about $780,000, almost $800,000 worth of uh, computer chips to a dropped, or to, he was dropping them at a location. This is in the in the back of a warehouse, and it's it's kind of creepy. Anyway, um, so they they go in. This guy comes in with this load of of circuit boards and, and other electronics, which which at that level, you know, the FBI were there was involved, and and uh, and this guy was a was a guy that was. I mean, I was in his home. I presented myself as just a, a businessman, and um, so when he when he when he dropped the cases, actually, of equipment and handed me the money, at that moment, his world changed. I mean, in a bad way. His world changed, and a contingent of federal agents came down on him like I've never seen happen before. And actually, the, 
well, I, I, I'm not going to embarrass the guy, but something did happen there where I'm sure he wouldn't be proud of it. But, uh, yeah, he ended up in jail. So the reason I said that is, and you and I have been in case, on, worked on cases where we have represented ourselves under pretext, and everything mm-hmm. was fine except for one judge, and that was the only time I got really angry because, you know, New York state law, Pennsylvania state law, um, allows for permissible use or permissible pretext. Uh, right. You know, and, and not to mention we got up at like two in the morning and drove yeah. eight hours to be in, you know, where was that? Uh, pretty much the opposite end of New York state. Right. Uh, about 20 miles south of the Canadian border, uh, on the east side, uh, from Erie, Pennsylvania. And I remember that the, uh, the judge, the, the judge called you a liar. Yeah. He took the TV yeah. we brought and you threw it. And, uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. And, and, but, but that was my first time ever of, of, of meeting or seeing a judge saying that, uh, you can't do that. You cannot use a, a permissible pretext in order to, uh, to obtain evidence. And it, which is contrary to, to the New York state law and every law in the nation. It, it's just right. contrary to that. And the subject of that, that, that investigation, uh, all we did was ask if, if we could join the man and, and videotape what he was doing. And he said, absolutely. Yeah. Which and, was and trapping animals. Oh, yeah. And he invited us in and we, we got all this videotape and, and we couldn't show it. So, you know, being the, um, solid Christian I wasn't at the time. I, I stated, I, I explained how I felt on the record. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I tell you, I've never met twice in my life I was worried that you would get arrested. Once was then, once was at the airport coming back from Montana. Only twice. Only twice. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you should have been with me at different times. But, but, but the bottom line is, I just want everyone to understand the, the importance of, of what we're seeing here with Planned Parenthood and folks. Please keep keep Coach Dave Dobmeyer in your prayers. Why do I keep mentioning him? Well, I'll tell you why. Because he's on the front lines. And we're all going to be on the front lines, whether we are going to be doing so willingly now when we when we can make a difference or when the front lines are going to be brought to us, the lines are going to be advanced against us. Or you'll be on the other side. There you go. Exactly. Perfect timing with that. So let's get behind him and others of this initiative now. Let's understand and, and let's expose Planned Parenthood for their their intib- tactics of intimidation, as well as the, uh, the the grand jury. Well, you know what? The grand juries are grand juries are grand juries, and that judge was right from New York. You, you know, they can do anything. They can indict anybody. They can indict you know Bernie from weekend of Bernies. The bottom line here, however, is where it goes from here. How the the uh, how they handle this. So we have to pay very close attention, folks. And please, 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 pray, pray. And let's get behind those who need it. Folks, we'll be right back on this Tuesday, January 26th edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're going to hit more news on the other side of this hour, followed by Stan Deo in hour number three. Uh, don't forget he's coming off his anniversary from last week. Yeah, he's not with us. So. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to hour number two on this Tuesday, January 26th edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are going to continue hitting news uh, this hour, and next hour we will be joined by by Stan. you got to turn the thing on. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not. Can you tell I'm not on top of my game tonight? Can you tell that? Neither of us are today. No. For some reason. No. It's, it's been... Uh, <laughs> I, I slammed my thumb in the door, my car door today, and it's just over here, hot and throbbing. And I know you had your, your yeah. Issues. We we had we had a number it's of things happen today. Um, you know, you just folks, you just you know, we're all we're all just we're you know what we're all in this together. You know, we go off to work, we do our things. Um, you know, your entire day can change with a phone call. You know that, right? Your entire day can change with uh, an incident that takes place. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why this, I gotta tell you, that, that's why I'm very, very glad personally to have in my life WholeTonesAlive.com. Because out of, you know, life is difficult enough. We're all stressed. We're all overwhelmed by events. And this is one thing that, that I have noticed a distinct difference in attitude. Now, Joe can tell you, he can tell you that I've got, like, I, I am, a lot of times, and I've got a real bad attitude sometimes, or I show it. I mean, Joe will walk in and, you know, uh, he's got his bicycle helmet on because he doesn't know when I'm going to smack him on the head, you know, without warning, okay? No, I'm kidding around, of course. But, but look, we're all stressed and overwhelmed and unmotivated. Well, at times unmotivated or motivated wrongly in the wrong direction. And I'm speaking from the heart because I want everyone to really appreciate life we need in the times the times we live right now the stressful times you know what if you don't have someone to talk to or what if those who you do have to talk to are are few and far between well how about this if you feel like your life is really running you instead of you running your life look you're not alone you can experience something you can help yourself and i'd highly recommend this through the proven powers of music therapy. This is where Whole Tones Alive comes in. They've got a collection of proven music therapy that it can help reduce stress, it can ease your mind, it can motivate you. You can get started today, folks, and this is the great part about it. You can get started right now and listen to a free sample of this amazing music that heals, that inspires, that helps, that motivates, that does all sorts of things at wholetoneslive.com. They're more than a sponsor to me. They're they're part of our everyday life here at the studio and also at our household as well. One of the one of the many one of many happy whole tones clients had said this I started playing whole tones throughout my workday. Not only was I more creative and motivated, the work I was doing seemed easier and clearer. And isn't clarity, mental clarity, important? You know, this is not merely a, a, a thumbs up or a sponsor, you know, thing, a sponsor. Now, this is my belief in this product. And uh, Michael Terrell was on our show. He explained how this music was inspired by the music frequencies of King David. So before anyone says, well, oh, this is, you know, you know yoga-ish or new age-ish. No, it's not. No, no. We we learn in the Bible about frequencies, about music, about music frequencies, about King David. And, and you know, this is it. Folks, go to the website, 
WholeTonesLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. Download a free sample. Support our broadcast, our show, and go to WholeTonesLive.com. That's WholeTonesLive.com. That is W-H-O-L-E, ToneSLive.com. WholeTonesLive.com. And, and I stand behind it. You won't be sorry. And you'll notice a change. I, I want to say immediately. It was almost immediate for, for me. Um, I noticed my wife, uh, that helped my wife a lot. It, it seemed like it was a day or two with her, um, a couple of days for Joe and, uh, but, but you know what? It did. It, it, it affects the way you think and work. And, and so you've got, you, you've got the ability. You've got the ability to really, to, to change things through music, through music frequencies, biblically sound. WholeTonesLive.com. All right, Joe. Um, you know, there's a yeah. I, we were I, talking during the break. Yes, go ahead. And this this new virus or this Zika virus. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Is it Zika or Zika? Zika, Zika. I haven't heard it said yet. I just have read these two stories. Right. But there is um, new information uh, in two continents here in the U.S. that has been found in Arkansas in a man who was traveling through Arkansas has he's been infected and Brazil uh, sends 200,000 soldiers door to door to stop the spread of Zika virus outbreak which has seen huge numbers of babies born with small heads and cast a shadow over the Olympics now I'm not laughing at the headline uh, I'm laughing at the way they worded it yeah uh, but more than 200,000 soldiers are being sent house to house in Brazil to fight against the Zika carrying mosquitoes now, where did these mosquitoes come from? And I, and I was just amazed. I think it was this article here from Yahoo News was the first one I looked at. And if I'm right, right at the top, yeah, U.S. health officials are stepping up efforts to study the link between the Zika virus infectious Zika, and birth Zika? defects in right. infants. Right. They say that this is a uh, widespread... The, uh, is being spread through mosquitoes. Right. A certain type of mosquito in... Uh, well, a, a certain type of mosquito, but but, but you know what? It, this is a new illness, um, new to the West, and it's only been around since last year when it was first found. Uh, it, it, it's been this virus is now a pandemic in progress, according to the director of the National Institute of Aller- Allergy and Infectious Diseases at the National Institutes of Health, and. Um, you know, for example, you know, why is this so serious? For example, what is it? Well, this virus is in the same family as the as yellow fever, fever, the West Nile virus, and and dengue fever. Okay, unlike some of those viruses, though, there's no vaccine to prevent this, right. no medicine no to cure. treat the infection. Yeah, you're just you're you're just that's it. Okay, it's now it's commanding worldwide attention because of an alarming connection between the virus and uh, microencephaly, um, encephaly, which means, okay, just what it sounds, encephalus is related to the, to the uh, 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 head, brain, and micro, of course, being small. It's a neurological disorder that results in babies being born with abnormally small heads. It causes severe developmental issues and sometimes... Oftentimes, death. No, what you were saying, Joe, since November, Brazil had seen nearly 4,000 cases of this microencephaly in babies born to women who were infected with this virus during their 
pregnancies. Not just by perspective. And they're saying this isn't spread person to person. It's only becoming infected after being bitten by mosquitoes. Right, right. So, but but you were saying during the break. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where did these mosquitoes? Okay. Like, where did this whole thing originate? Because because this seems like out of the blue, right? I mean, isn't it out of the blue? Well, it, it is out of the blue. The actual virus itself, and uh, from what I read today, they say it's it's relatively new, especially to the Western Hemisphere, and that there is no um, cure or or treatment for this. And they're warning pregnant women, especially, to stay away. There's no vaccine or treatment for for Zika. It is a close cousin of dung, yeah, dung uh, fever, fever, which fever. causes yep. mild fever and rash. It's amazing. And they say an estimated 80% of the people infected have no symptoms, making it difficult for pregnant women to know whether they're being infected. But if it doesn't spread person to person, as they say in the same article, what's the difference? But the uh, director for the National Institute of Health director, right. Dr. Francis Collins, cited a Lancet study published on January 14th in which researchers predicted the Zika virus could be spread across areas along the east and west coast of the United States. It showed that, um, especially where humid weather, uh, humid, more humid parts of the country, the study showed 22.7 million people live in those areas, and the virus could live year-round. It's there. heavily populated areas, but, but it has this is from a tropical climate, you know, originally right. it's um, tropical climates, you're right. Well, you remember uh, a few years ago, and I think last year, they released mosquitoes into New York City. And, and this part of uh, Queens, I believe. Yes. And they did the same thing in Florida, these genetically modified mosquitoes. Yep. yep. Um, Bill Gates has been an, uh, the spearhead of a number of these initiatives. Let's um, stop right there because you, during the break, and, and, and folks, Joe had done research on this, and, and what he told me, and, and I'll tell you this, is the recent outbreak of this virus in Brazil specifically, it could very well be linked to the release into the wild of genetically modified mosquitoes in recent field trials in Brazil funded by the Bill and, uh, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay. Now, it's been detected in 18 of 26 states in Brazil. It's transmitted uh, by this specific mosquito. I'm not even going to try to pronounce what the heck that type of mosquito is. It's a generically uh, modified version, uh, which, okay, a generically modified version has been developed by a British biotech company called Oxitech, the results of a trial in Brazil published this past summer involved um, these mosquitoes that allegedly fight the spread of dengue fever, yellow fever, and such. But, 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 hold on a minute now. They warned that the study had too few controls in place to ensure that the mosquitoes released in the wild did not end up actually spreading the virus. Uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of like vaccine, in a way, it's like uh, mosquitoes, Carrying a little syringe via their 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 what do you call that stinger thing, and uh, instead of uh, giving you a vaccine, they give you the actual virus itself. This is what this is what's being said right now by others. Okay? Well, listen to this: the uh, cases of, of dung fever in Brazil uh, have increased from 2014 to 2015. Yep, 240 percent. Yep. In 20, uh, the Ministry of Health registered. March 28th of 2015, 460,000 cases of dung fever in Brazil, an increase of 240% from the same period. Dang fever? Dang, dang fever. Although, 
this, you know, I was with, I was actually talking to a physician and he was saying dung fever, uh, but it's dang fever. I know you're going to get emails on this because, hey, why don't you pronounce this right? Well, okay, whatever, but. Yeah, dengue fever. The relationship between this and dengue fever and and the other um, uh, West Nile virus. Yeah, very suspicious. Go ahead. In in Brazil last year, uh, there was an increase of two hundred forty percent, four hundred sixty thousand cases mm-hmm. uh, as of the twenty eighth of March in two thousand fifteen. Where at the same time in twenty fourteen, that was one hundred thirty five thousand cases. Uh, it goes on to say that it is. Um, According during the last twelve weeks of the year, there was 132 deaths. This is between this is from March 20th, 2015, um, which was compared to the 2014 and 2013, where there was under 100 deaths. And it shows that um, this the highest uh, incident rate is where, especially in Brazil here, they they have uh, San Paulo, and where there are people 100,000 inhabitants or more. Per under a thousand acres. Well, okay. It, so heavily populated areas that are warmer see, in climate. The World Health Organization indicates that places with more than 300 cases of the disease per 100,000 inhabitants are considered an epidemic. Now, this is going by last year. I don't mm-hmm. know if this is still what, but the um, Bill Gates and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Yep. Uh, the FDA approved a number of genetically modified initiatives using. Mosquitoes, insects, and animals from genetically modified salmon to, as they said, it were frankenfish to um, <laughs> the genetically modified mosquitoes like that, that uh, are released to, they say, modify the ecosystem. The UN is part of this with the World Health Organization and the UN's Coordination of Human Affairs announced plans to combat this fever with the genetically modified mosquito release. And where do they get their mosquitoes from? Well, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You, you know, and this speaks more to me. Of Look at Brazil in particular. Where are the Olympics going to be held in Brazil? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, why are they doing this? Well, um, in the larger, I mean, the simple answer, of course, as we all know, is, is, is you know, depopulation and eugenics. But the, but the bottom line here with the, with the, uh, uh, mosquitoes being released in Brazil and Brazil being seemingly ground zero. Now, I know people will say, well, no, wait a second, because it's not necessarily that, uh, people may say there's not enough, um, direct evidence to support the fact that these mosquitoes were in fact the ones that that caused this outbreak or, or virtual right. pandemic however if you look at the spread and look at the map of the affected countries well one can make a a, a pretty good anecdotal or a good argument that they're you know this is the current that. map um, yeah and you can i don't know if um, i don't even know where i found this yeah, that's well. There's a couple. CNN has a map, although it's it's kind of well. You know how you know how that goes, but that's a, that's a good map. Just consider everything in the southern hemisphere, around the equator. You know, both sides of the equator, and uh, uh, generally in the western hemisphere. So, uh, anyway, there's even a famous happened. soccer player in Brazil that got infected with this. Yeah. But I mean, this is worrisome enough that down there where they're sending two hundred thousand troops going door to door, and um, I mean that's. Pretty crazy that they're. But but to do what though? See, when they get there, we're knocking on the door and saying what? Well, okay. What what they're doing is um, they're distributing leaflets and dispensing advice. Uh, 
they say it's just a a major uh, ramping up of efforts against the virus in forms of education and, and prevention um, because there is no treatment and, and there is no vaccine, as you said earlier. But the Brazil has sent 200,000 troops to go house to house mm-hmm. and to battle against these Zika-carrying mosquitoes, blamed for causing uh, this epidemic that is spreading rapidly across the world. Soldiers will visit homes across Brazil, distributing leaflets and dispensing advice, according to the health, health minister, uh, Mr. Castro, signaling a major ramping up of the efforts against the virus. The government, under growing pressure to deal with the crisis, will hand out repellent to at least 400,000 pregnant women on social welfare. The virus has been linked to serious birth defects, uh, in which babies... Babies born to women infected during pregnancy have abnormally small heads, and yeah. concerns remain that the virus could become a global health issue with the Rio hosting the Olympics in the summer. Well, I've got a problem with it, and I want to take kind of a left turn on this here. I have an issue with Rio or Brazil actually hosting the Olympics because if you look at what the Olympics are, the Olympics started really as a religious ritual uh um, in honor in honor of Zeus, the god, the small g god Zeus in ancient Greece, and of course we see the the Olympic uh, torch or the the pyre. It must be lit by the rays of the sun or Lucifer, if you will, and then paraded into the stadium with this reverence toward the uh, Zeus and and of course the sun god. And we we see and we've talked about this before and. Uh, you might say, well, what does this have to do with, you know, the, the mosquitoes and, and, the, and the pandemic? Well, all right. We, we, we know, for example, that, that the Olympics, it's the, the ceremonies tied to the Olympics provide a very blatant Luciferian message. None was so in your face, I've got to say this, as were the London Olympics in 2012. I mean, mm-hmm. the opening ceremony alone, uh, the, the pandemonium, if you will, there was no linear narrative to, to this um, that that really addressed the culture of the country in which the Olympics were being held. No, no, no. What this was, what we saw in 2012, was this was this uh, uh, chaotic patchwork of occult messages. Okay, that really that really had no specific nationalistic narrative um it was it had nothing to do do with the sports or the olympics themselves it was it was almost as if the organizers of the olympics in london wanted to present the united kingdom as as a land of witchcraft or the the venue uh, for which the uh, occult was illuminated and, and remember the Masonic pyramids, the thirteen Masonic pyramids. Remember Glastonbury Tour. Oh, remember that, which really was the centerpiece. And I'm getting somewhere with this, so just hold on. Um, it was the centerpiece of the whole. Actually, it was the hill. Glastonbury Tour acted as the centerpiece or the backdrop. And there was that that tree on top. Remember that tree? It was. It was again. This was a supposed representation of. Glastonbury tour. Um, now, of course, a, a hill full of occult meanings. Now, and, and perhaps a grave of King Arthur and the place where some say the Holy Grail is hidden. Whatever one might believe what the Holy Grail might be. 
okay, and, and that's another discussion, mm-hmm. okay. But, but blasphemous. And, of course, you know, the characters were, were demons and witches, and, I mean, the use of children, it was sickening. But but the bottom line here, when you, when you take what's going on now, you take from 2012 uh, the opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies from the Olympics in London in 2012 and move it to Brazil in 2016, what are we seeing? What's going on here? Well, if you look back at the 2012 opening ceremonies and the closing ceremonies, it presented to the audience, the people who are watching, dark symbology, occult symbols from Britain, and it gave us a message. And I believe that message will be continued into Brazil, but it will be continued with an important caveat. And that caveat is this. There's a new pope, and he is, in fact, from South America. He, that is, in fact, from where he's from. He's a Jesuit. And there's this excer- this exercising the influence of the Jesuit power structure over the world. So I would look at the Brazil 2016 Olympics as being the epilogue or the uh, of a book or the final play in a chapter that is explaining to us the unwashed masses of what is going to be taking place what awaits us the fate uh, what our fate might be and how does this all relate to what in the you know what we're talking about right now well what if what if this this mosquito release by globalists, by funded in part by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the globalists and these mosquitoes were were sent there to to call the population. And and I think if, as we go into this virus, or as we look at it now, virus viri or whatever, uh, plural, I don't believe are necessarily in this case are are. I don't think they care if you're black, white, rich, or poor. But uh, when they're when they're released into a targeted area, I do believe that uh, uh, when we see the uh, you know the, the byproducts from the birth, I think that we're we're seeing this this blatant depopulation. Yeah, this it, virus is in 22 countries, and yep. they say only a small handful of cases have ever been documented before 2013. Well, so something happened, right? Yeah, something something happened. definitely did happen. Uh, and, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting because we, and, and this is the last thing I want to say about the Olympics related to the mosquitoes and the outbreak of this virus. But when you look at the Olympics being held in Rio, you know, you look at, at, uh, uh, really at the heart of what's taking place is, is, is our salvation. Okay. As we live our lives here on earth, we have, we have Jesus Christ who is our Lord and Savior instead of him being elevated, um, uh, where we're, we're, we will see now, and instead of Christianity being the, the the religion or the ideology that is going to be spread, we're going to be seeing the uh, this pagan voodoo ceremony, which of course you, you know Brazil is, is 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 throttled by, or they embrace the voodoo. Element, the Satanists say that every country is ruled by a lieutenant, for example, of Lucifer and his element. And Brazil is ruled by Watcher and, and Leviathan. Leviathan, of course, 
um, you know, is is akin to, well, remember the octopus, for example. But the bottom line here is, I believe what we're seeing here in advance of the Olympics is a message within within the message. It's 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 a precursor to the Olympics, and I think that the depopulation agenda is what's at play. And I think that it's 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 a clear and present signal message that hey, we are going to we the New World Order people were in your face. This is so obvious. The occult symbology, and it was especially with Rio, especially with the uh, voodoo. Um, when when people watched the Olympics show in 2012, they were a part of a, a kind of a ritualistic ceremony. When people watch the Olympics in 2016, they will they will be made more a part of it, and in fact, be in, engaged in the ritualistic voodoo, which will be seen in the opening and closing ceremonies of of, of the uh, ceremony, uh, of the Olympics. And I do believe that this does that, that. There's no coincidence between the release of the mosquitoes and the virus. If if they're if they are if that if that's not coincidental, then neither is the location of the release and the the biggest uh, issue of the virus and that being Brazil so to tie things together this is this is actually this has got the signature in my view of the Illuminati slash New World Order slash whoever the power people power players are and at the end of the day it's all about eugenics because doesn't it go back isn't it funny because the the the, this virus being uh, a pandemic level shall we say um, in Brazil who, who are the victims? The victims are the children. Who are the victims of Planned Parenthood? The unborn children. Do you think that there's a theme here? This golden thread of Luciferian, or this putrid thread of Luciferian and you know ideology? The, yeah, get them while they're young. Hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, it, it's you know, people may say that well, you know, things happen, right? things happen and well well think of this um somebody sent us an email uh, as i forgot about this already but in ukraine you had this odd story a few uh, on the 22nd of 20 ukrainian soldiers dying and 200 being hospitalized by a, a odd virus a deadly virus that was leaked from a u.s laboratory yep. um they don't exactly explain what it is but they they give symptoms high fever um it says Physicians recorded the unknown virus as a result of which the infected get a high fever, which cannot be subdued by any medicines, and in two to three days there is a fatal outcome. Um, and this was released from a lab in the U.S. or in Ukraine by the U.S. Uh, accidentally, as they say. And this virus here again, the Zika virus, has they say a very small number of cases that were ever documented before 2013. Now we have over 22 countries, including America. Uh, that are infected by this and this is spreading and uh, they say that the symptoms of this are similar to other mosquito-borne infections and uh, like malaria and whatnot um, and they're going to continue to do testings the Center for Disease Control and Prevention issued initial travel warnings to pregnant women last week and they added eight more places to the list last Friday uh, to a total of 21 places and it's pretty much South and uh, anything that is, as I said, in a, in a more tropical type climate, a warmer climate, south of in America and uh, the South America, 
are perfect places, the Caribbean, and, and those are all listed there too. Um, but is there a connection between the Ukrainian uh, soldiers dying, 20 killed, 200 and hospitalized, and this other virus? I guess that's the question. I, I wouldn't rule anything out at the moment. I just would not rule that out. I don't think we can rule it out. They say that this uh, Ukrainian in- incident were infected by a virus that is immune to medicines. So, I don't know. They don't say that there isn't one because they haven't found it. They say that there is no, which I guess is the same thing. But, well, yeah. Um, you, you know, I'll just say this, that that throughout history, and if we look at this with, with a, a, a somewhat scholarly eye, if you will, um, there have been those who, you know, with an eye to specific political objectives, have used, well, we'll just say this, terror, for example, or the threat of terror against targeted populations. In, in, in a way, biological warfare, including, you know, these vir- viruses, or viri, or whatever, um, could be considered terrorism. Now, the scientific rationale for tyranny, it, it, it's always been attractive to the people in power because it creates a very convenient excuse uh, to treat their their fellow men lower than animals, if you will. It, eugenics, which is really what we're talking about, it's an insane idea of hereditary superiority and inferiority. This really originated back in the 1800s, late 1800s. It, it was spawned by a British network of families. And, that, and this is kind of when I, when I look at Planned Parenthood, I think of eugenics. And when I think of eugenics, I think of uh, of families such as Darwin and Darwin's cousin, Sir Francis Galton, and, and Thomas Huxley, and, yes, Sir Arthur Balfour, okay? Remember, you know, what is, what's he famous for? The Balfour uh, Declaration. But, but having said all of that... Um, it, you know, when you, when you when you take a step back and, and look at other 19th century strategists, I suppose, there are certain figures that pop up, okay, just like Bill Gates, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Ford Foundation and the Carnegie Foundation, all of these foundations that pop up in the in the discussion of of well, these viruses, so too do people pop up like Cecil Rhodes and Milner and other people like that. And what, what, what they're doing, I believe, is that they see this opportunity, at least in their view, to advance us toward a dark age uh, by taking the reins of Darwin's perversely race, racist, if you will, survival of the fittest, natural selection, evolution theory, and applied physics to it. Develop social Darwinism. So, with the with the mosquito or with the virus outbreak, aren't aren't we seeing perhaps, or could we be seeing this social Darwinism being employed through via eugenics? You know, look, folks, U.S. The story of eugenics really started back in the turn of the century, nineteen o four. The Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory. Well, that was started by. Well, he was a prominent, prominent eugenicist. His name was Charles Davenport. He had the funding of leading American would-be oligarchs, the Rockefeller, Carnegie, and Harriman, 
people. Same, the same families we hear today. By 1910, the Brits, they created the first network of social workers expressly to serve as spies and enforcers of the eugenics race cult. And it was embraced by Western society. Hitler's um, English and even American financial backers weren't the only ones sponsoring, really, the eugenics research. I mean, well, I should say that they were all sponsoring, or mostly all sponsoring his um, eugenics research. And we're seeing that come to fruition today. But back in the 1920s, the Rockefeller family bankrolled the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute for Genealogy and Demography. That later, <laughs> that later would form actually a kind of a central found foundational pillar, if you will, for the Third Reich. And at the end of the war, as dead bodies still were strewn across Europe, the what do we do? Well, the Allies protected from prosecution. The very people who, the very Nazi scientists, such you know, who engaged in this activity. I'm thinking like Joseph uh, Mengele. He had tortured thousands of people to death. A radical Nazi brand of eugenics, and and so when we look at all of this, we have to understand that the eugenics that we see at play here is an outgrowth of what we what would happen the um, during the third reich and the nazi reign and but, but one thing that was one thing that was stated back in the mid 20th century was this the by the british eugenic society they said wait a minute wait a minute we got to pursue eugenics by less obvious means. We can't go around gassing six million Christians and Jews. We can't go around, um, you know, uh, killing off uh, individuals with with low IQs and, and African Americans or blacks, shall we say? No, we we have to do it a little bit differently. And, and this means Planned Parenthood and the environmentalist movement. This means the virus pandemics perhaps and I'm just throwing this out there wouldn't that fit so, so when when we hear something about a virus like this can we take a few steps back can we look at it from a 35,000 foot altitude or a cruising altitude can, can we say that Planned Parenthood for example and the environmentalist movement are are brothers or sisters in the eugenics movement because every population control policy that was that was conducted during the war, during the Third Reich, during the early 20th century. Well, every population control policy was just renamed, I guess, and um, continued under the United Nations, under the UN, various UN associate organizations. And we're not just talking about eugenics, but euthanasia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, it's both the unborn and the aged, the not so IQ heavy, and the well, you get you get what I'm saying. The birth control. In fact, eugenic. There's a magazine, to my surprise, Eugenics Quarterly magazine. Can you believe that there was in the magazine that 
There was a magazine that existed. Absolutely, I can. Yeah, well, if you, I guess if you have Lucifer Trust, you can. Okay, but there was a magazine called Eugenics Quarterly, and I came across this in some research. And I know Daniel Estelin had uh, talked about this, but one thing, one thing I, saw, I thought, wait a minute, Eugenics Quarterly? Well, it actually became Social Biology. They changed the name. And the American Birth Control League became Planned Parenthood. That's where Planned Parenthood came in. Going back to what we opened with in this show. So, it's all eugenics. You see, the American Birth Control League, which became Planned Parenthood, which today is responsible for a massive depopulation in Africa, it's not widely known. It's not widely known. That's some of the largest aid agencies. And... And get this, U.S. Christian fundamentalist groups have been covertly running in Africa over the past several decades that this particular program. Yes, U.S. Christian fundamentalist groups, some of the largest aid agencies and U.S. Christian fundamentalist groups have been covertly running in Africa such, such depopulation programs. Can you are you hearing this? I mean, are you? It's it's sold under the well. It's it's sold under the name family planning, which mm-hmm. which is really when one looks at it, you can see when you understand it the real implications, the far-reaching objectives. The family planning policies are consistently advocated by donors. And family planning is a better name than women's reproductive health rights. Exactly. I mean, it's more accurate, at least. Well, right, but it's even, but it's, but it stems from more nefarious labels. You see, the family planning policies that, that are in play right now are vigorously, and they're consistently advocated by major donors on both sides or all sides of the political spectrum, including the U.S. government through its surrogate, USAID. Okay. Most, well, and multilateral agencies. Most notably, of course, the International Planned Parenthood Foundation. Did you know that it was an International Planned Parenthood Foundation? Not just Planned Parenthood, but international. The UN Fund for Population Activities and Okay, why would they do this? The World Bank in Africa. See, the World Bank since the 60s, they have been the leading funding entity of population control. They spend annually, and this is skyrocketing, skyrocketing, anywhere between 27 million, this is back in 1970, to over 4.5 billion back just 10 years ago. Per year. Per year. And Robert McNamara, okay, World Bank presidents, former president Robert McNamara, they were at one time trustees of the Rockefeller-controlled Ford Foundation. You confused yet? No, because all of these are connecting. More significantly, population control policies have become a key condition required for the disbursement of structural adjustment loans. Okay, you've heard this but maybe not in this way, by the World Bank and the IMF. You see, structural adjustment loans, you know, if, if basically it's this. 
if, if the United States and the, and the the World Bank, if you're going to get a loan, you're going to have to adhere to these policies of eugenics and, and family planning, so to speak. Well, that's the bottom line. So let's look at this from a larger perspective, shall we? I think it's important. We started off with with Planned Parenthood in the the larger objective here is to criminalize anyone who is against abortion or pro-life. But at the heart of everything, it's it's to criminalize you. Listening to this broadcast and watching this broadcast, it's to criminalize you. And more than that, it's to kill you. When you get old, or if you decide to have one too many children, or if you have a child that's black, or if you have a child that is intellectually um, hobbled, we'll say, the IQ maybe, not quite what it should be, what they, the planners, believe it should be, then you're the target. And Africa is the, we can look at Africa right now in terms of eugenics as, as kind of like the uh, the actual, uh, where the first shots of eugenicism really were, were fired in in earnest where oh, entire yeah. populations you know I didn't realize this but back in 1972 in there was this 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 objective or agenda to deal with the so called population emergency oh, this happened actually in India but the World Bank funded a 21 million dollar project that resulted in millions of involuntary sterilizations and thousands of deaths did you know that I didn't know that but but what we have here, and, and to sum this up, because it, it, this goes back, this ties together, once again, the bigger picture, when you look at the Planned Parenthood, the RICO action filed by Planned Parenthood, compare that with the, uh, with the uh, grand jury indictment of the people exposing Planned Parenthood, the vaster chilling effects of all this, we see a confluence of people who, who adhere to eugenics. We yep. see uh, those people who are adherent to the Nazi party. And, and if we can, yeah. let's go over some of Margaret Sanger's quotes. Some of Go them. ahead. Yeah, let's do um, that now. She has uh, said some of the following things. Um, the most merciful thing that a large family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Right. We should apply a stern, rigid policy of sterilization and segregation to grade or segregation to that grade of population whose progeny is tainted or whose inheritance is such that objectionable traits may be transmitted to offspring. Um, this plan, this is from Plan for Peace, from uh, the British Control <coughs> Review that she wrote in April of 1932, which is a, a series of articles or uh, basically like a commandment list that she had. One, the purpose of the American Baby Code shall be to provide for a better distribution of babies and to protect society against the population and increase of the unfit. No woman shall have the legal right to bear a child and no man shall have the right to bear a father without permit. No permit for parenthood shall be valid for more than one birth. Um, Birth control must lead ultimately to a cleaner race. And we have a lot more here. Uh, but, but you know what, though, and here's what here's what people don't get. 
a lot of people don't understand this. And, and, and no one, you know, everyone's so caught up in, oh, you know, Trump is kicked out uh, or Trump doesn't go want to go uh, debate on Fox News and, and uh, you know, who's going to be the candidate. And everyone's so so caught up in the theatrics of politics. It, 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 it really makes me want to vomit sometimes um, because I, I look at this, and, and I look at all of the the dust ups and all of the the intense uh, um, theatrical debates taking place. It's such a waste of of airtime. It's a waste of my time. It's a waste of your time. Okay, but the bottom line here is is what we're what we're watching take place right now is the installation of a larger a larger agenda by all of the the power brokers behind the scenes and while everyone is watching the stage performance of Donald Trump everyone's watching the stage performance of Hillary Clinton everyone's watching the stage performance of the debates the politics everyone is 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 just watching this no one is watching what's going on behind the curtain no one's opening the curtain to to to, to show what's behind the curtain and uh being blocked by this this poor per- performance of the people on stage we need to see what's going on behind the curtain we need to expose this and when people get close to exposing this as the center for medical progress did they say wait a minute wait a minute foul no we are going to embroil you in litigation until you cannot see straight you cannot pay your bills and we're going to bankrupt you and if that's not good enough we're going to work with the justice department to make sure that we're going to throw you in jail and we're going to use you as this example because we have we have we got stuff to do and that stuff to do is of course not just eugenics and, and, and of course the establishment of this new system of global governance which of course transhumanism is part of and what's part of you know what 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 are we talking about with transhumanism of course we're seeing it right we now can, we can it's, look at it's it's, it's yeah the headlines I mean, and the the yes. economist here uh, i have a few headlines um it's too late artificial intelligence is already all around us that is a an nbc headline from today um where it talks about AI, the Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, and Bill Gates have warned about the potential dangers of unchecked artificial intelligence, but it may be even more frightening. AI is already part of the operation within many companies. They're telling us. interact with every day, from Apple Siri to Uber dispatchers, from Facebook to Newsfeed to... um, all, I mean, it's everywhere. They're telling us, and they're laughing at us because we're not understanding it or we're not seeing it. And, and that, that to me, they're treating us like intellectual rubes out there, like, you know, uh, like idiots, like morons, but saying, hey, see, you know, we're showing you what's taking place, but, you, but you're not listening. You're too busy watching the shiny trinkets that we're dangling in front of you. And that's where you're meant to be. And of course, this is why we talk about mind control programs, including MK Ultra, and their 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 uh, uh, both their pre- its predecessor as well as the subsequent uh, mind control. And that economist, for example, is showing you is is a message to to the to the informed to the to the kings and queens and royalty, saying, "See, it's right out in the open." And see, I, I really think that the globalists have this OCD. Thing where they got to go back and back and back, and they got to tell you exactly what they're going to do. They, they they feel this compulsion to tell you exactly what they're going to do. But the and they fact do it is, through predictive programming. They that's do it right, through, that's right. Uh, yep. you know, alternative publications. Yep. They do it through a number of of ways, and we see it all around us. Um, even when we don't want to, even when we're not looking for it, we we can come across it. And yep. 
it, is reaching a point. We're, I mean, we're past the point of no return. Well, we are. Well, and as yeah, a society. as a society, I think we are. Now we can we can stay stay off perhaps, and and, and uh, certain. Uh, I think we can we can make a change, or we can we can create a difference. I I'm not a fatalist. Oh, I don't believe the, the Bible. I don't believe the, the Jesus Christ or the Bible uh, preaches fatalism. However, I do believe. That you know what we're what we're the end the end game. We know what the end game is, and of course we win. Jesus wins. We understand that, but we have to stand in the gap, and we have to stand up, and we have to play our positions. But all of this is tied together. And by the way, um, when we talk about viruses or viri, whatever you know, whatever the plural is, you talk about mosquitoes, you talk about Planned Parenthood, we talk about all of these issues, and they, they're seemingly disparate. But but when you look to uh, the health system, the health system, Joe. Uh, this week I had the, uh, I had the, um, interesting experience where I was speaking with some doctors and it's, it's, you know, the, the, the health plans that have been, uh, established under this Obamacare, they've got to ask you certain questions. Okay. And some of those questions, uh, is not, they're nothing more than backdoor gun control. And, and as in fact, Infowars did a recent article, I'm not sure, or a recent investigation. I'm not sure if this was today or yesterday, but um, hey, you having trouble sleeping at night? And, and next time you go to the doctor, folks, think about this and see if they ask you these questions. Do you have trouble sleeping? Do you need a sleeping pill? Do you have? Are you depressed? Mm-hmm. Are you stressed? Well, if you are, you know, we can we we can help you. And through medication, but now it's through this Affordable Health Care Act known as Obamacare. But it's and, for your good, own good, right? But but see, people don't are not understanding this that all doctors, not just psychiatrists, but all doctors who ask these questions are screening you for depression. And once you are labeled as being depressed or stressed or having some sort of mental impairment, the U.S. Preventative Services Task Force said that health workers okay, should ask patients these questions to determine if they have symptoms of depression, if they're depressed, even if the patient themselves don't bring it up. They ask these questions. Now, what does what happens when you say, yeah, doc, I'm depressed. My goodness, look around. Okay, we, we have a new world or whatever. But, you know, um, look, the New York State Police confiscated recently a Navy veteran's guns back, uh, well, two years ago now after he received treatment for insomnia due to anxiety at a local hospital. Now, think about this. Here you are, for whatever reason, you're, you can't sleep. So you go to a, you're, you're not a psychiatrist, but you're a physician, and say, man, I, I can't sleep. You know, I'm having trouble sleeping. I know it's not something, you know, it's just one of those things. And who hasn't had trouble sleeping, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you get treated for insomnia, but the cause of the insomnia is anxiety. Well, in in the case of this New York State uh, uh, Navy veteran, the police used a mental health database, which was created by New York's largest gun control law, the SAFE Act, to declare this Navy veteran, who is also, by the way, a former police detective, mentally unfit to own firearms due to his hospital visit 
based on the mm-hmm. doctor. So what we're seeing in all of this is this long disarmament or this this uh, this uh, uh, disarmament through backdoor policies and procedures, and they're laughing at us because you know what? In the end, they want to take our guns, and people say it's not going to happen because they've got too many guns. But when they do it one by one, or if they do it bang one all at once, it doesn't matter. In the end, they're not only coming for your guns, they're coming for you as well. So, and all of this is tied together because they want, they want it all. They want it all. And you know what? They're going to get it all. Yes, they are. And we are a captured operation. We're captured from within. We're captured by the lawmaker. And do, 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 folks, do you see? Have you seen, you know, your, your Republican controlled Congress putting up a fuss over, uh, what we mentioned earlier? In the week about the uh, 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 about the fast track authority being granted to Obama for la- this is last Wednesday right before the uh, snow apocalypse or whatever that was called uh, to grant him the power to declare war anywhere in the world and dispatch military assets anywhere in the world not just in Syria but also here at the United States. So when you take a step back and look at everything that's taking place. Yeah, I need whole tones, buddy. I need whole tones, man. I because I'm stressed and I need you know. But anyway, we're seeing this this huge, I believe, kind of a final thrust, or this thrust in the end game. Um, and when I say end game, this this period that we're in can last for a long time. I mean, it could last for years. It could last for decades. I don't know. It could last for weeks or months. But then when you throw the economy into this. The economy is kind of like a red flag here because all of the nation's economies right now are are teetering and on a brink, and they need to get rid of, you know, the, the globalists need to get rid of really three things. Our guns, our, our money, and our faith. Right, and, the, and they're doing a heck of a good job at getting rid of all three in backdoor ways and ways that you never see coming. And when you do talk about this, you know, you're kind of laughed out of existence almost. It's just amazing. The more I research, the more I look at him and he research, and he's like, you know, uh, boy, I wish I, I should tape one day. It's like a cartoon, you know. It's like a never-ending. It's like, yeah, yeah, and you see papers flying, you know. It's, it, but the bottom line is the more we research, the more we look, the more we see, the more thoughts we connect. We can see what we're that, that what we're up against is this Luciferian agenda that that is so well, folks. It's be it's effective. It's That's in your face. It's here. Face plate, right? We're right, right around the corner from the last steps of their control system to be implemented. It's already law. Yep, just has to be brought in. Folks, we'll be right back with Stan Dale on the other side. Stay with us for hour number three of the Hagman and Hagman Report. This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this Tuesday, January 26th edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. 
We are joined this hour with Stan Dale after his uh, anniversary week last week. And uh, I, I hope you all wished yeah. Stan a happy anniversary, him and his wife. God bless them. Uh, before we get to Stan, I just want to mention that, uh, again, Portions of the Night's broadcast brought to you by AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. They're our go-to company for all things survival-related. I just pulled a trick on uh, Eric there, I think. But AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com, they're our go-to company for all things survival-related. And let me tell you something. They've got the best products, the best-tasting food. Uh, lady, our studio dog, I brought um, brought her with us tonight to the studio. And uh, she's been running around here. And one thing we have are, are the freeze-dried uh, uh, long-term storable bananas. She loves them. Oh, she will, like, she'll, uh, uh, I mean, oh, she just loves the freeze-dried bananas, but so do we. And all of the fruits, including the, the, the strawberries, raspberries, I mean, it's just fantastic, folks. You've got to try those. Even in a non-emergency, put them in your oatmeal, put, or just snack on them. They're fantastic. But they've got the best freeze-dried long-term survival food in the, on the planet. That's AmericanSurvivalWholesale.com. And I'd be remiss not to mention HealthMasters.com done so much for so many healthmasters.com healthmasters.com you want you, you want to take you know if you're out to purchase uh, nutritional supplements that is our go-to company for all things nutrition related healthmasters.com best nutritional supplements on the market on the planet if you will and uh, you know it, it's just the best of the best and i've seen the the videos of the of the manufacturing plants. Oh my goodness, uh, it's like uh, you know sterile, and uh, the best the best ingredients. It's healthmasters.com. But Stan Dale, standale.com. Every Tuesday, what a great guy. We had a great conversation last week. Stan, you know what? Uh, I, I I'm just going to open with this, but you can take us wherever you want to go. Um, you had recommended some research that I do some research, and I did, and. Uh, it just brought it just was some interesting stuff that that I went over with respect to who might be the uh the Antichrist and false prophet but, but uh it's, it's been a discussion that we've had on air and off air but uh talk about a, 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 a premier researcher is Stan Dale so anyway Stan thanks for thanks for uh, being such a great guy and I hope you and your wife had a great anniversary and of course uh, it's just uh Things are getting weird out there. Oh, they are. They are getting weird. But we did take, um, you know, uh, time off uh, the day after the uh, the anniversary as well to go see a movie. And um, uh, the I was just saying to Joe that it, we're Star Wars fans, and so we went to see the new Star Wars movie in 3D, and it was just perfect. The special effects and everything were better than the first one. And, and I did see the first one when it came out uh, years ago. Hmm. My, my wife saw the first one and this one. I'm not a big movie fan. I, I don't care for. I don't know. I'm, I'm a weird guy. I just don't care for movies. I, I. In fact, I. Stan, I took a date, uh, to the first Star Wars movie. Embarrassing because she had to wake me up. Okay, uh, so oh, I did not see bad. the movie. That's I, bad. I would admit that. Well, I, you know, look, I'm, 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 you know, confessing it all right now. I actually <laughs> took a date. Well, of course, I, that was during the days I worked 24 on, 24 off, or, you know, 48 on, and then 24 off. And, 
Uh, so I was pretty wiped out. But uh, yeah, and, uh, needless to say, I, we, ne- we there was no second date. <laughs> I, do, do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh yes, yes. Well, that's definitely against the etiquette and the dating rules. There, I'm sorry to hear that, but. Um, Anyway, so yeah, cold. look at you know when that movie first came out, uh, you know if we we got to uh, include the rushes of it in our um, or portions of the of the trailer in our uh, first TV production, 1978, with Channel Nine down in Perth, and um, the uh, oh the scenes in the the Millennium Falcon. You probably won't remember what I'm talking about, but anyway, um, we got to include that in the documentary on the UFOs are here type thing and. Spielberg appeared on it, and uh, he was uh, making something that was going to come out. What was it? Um, uh, Closing Counts of Third Kind. It was going to come out that later that year as well. So he appeared in our documentary, and after that show was when you know I wrote the Cosmic Conspiracy book. So the the uh, Star Wars and Closing Counts of Third Kind kind of always remind me of the beginning of the Cosmic Conspiracy crusade, as it were, through the years. Hmm. Your first edition of Cosmic Conspiracy. Tell me out. That that that, that came out like in the nineteen seventy eight. Nineteen seventy eight. Okay, because the 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 final edition came out what three years ago? Two years ago? Four? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Okay, so six. Oh, I can't believe that. Man. Okay. Wow. All right. That's, now the research that's, you were doing, you did uh, watch that video in the Vatican and stuff. I, I did, I did, and, and watched it more than once. I took some notes. I don't have the notes in front of me, but uh, very interesting. The the um, all of the documentation that they've got. It's. I mean, what are they sitting on? What's the Vatican sitting on? I mean, aside well, from the obvious. Well, um, the uh, physically, it's on seven hills of Rome. You know, as they. they a lot of people relate that to um, the prophecies of the revelation about the uh, the beast uh, having seven heads and, uh, and seven kings and stuff, and and, and seven hills of Rome is, is equated in the, in that prophecy. But um, watching that documentary, I mean, Holly and I, you know, just you know, fell over with shock at a couple of places. And one of the things that really stood out is what you just mentioned about where is the Vatican? Where is it set? And it's it's only few hundred acres. What's it? 113 acres, I think, something like that. And it sits on top of a hill, uh, and the hill was there before Rome even formed. That's how old the hill is. It was there when the Etruscans owned the property. And um, they worshipped, the Etruscans worshipped a goddess called Vaticana. And uh, so they erected a shrine to Vaticana, who was the goddess of the dead. And during the Roman time, they opened that hill up and buried people there. Including, they think, um, uh, St. Peter, but um, or Paul, and might, might have been there too. I'm not sure who they, who all they put there. But um, the the thing is, is the Vatican is built on a graveyard on top of it. It, it. You can see in the excavations they made in that movie, they're they're down underneath the Vatican or tombs and just just caves and caves of tombs. And uh, for the Vatican to be on a hill and to be called Vatican after the goddess Vaticana, who is the goddess of the dead, kind of makes you wonder about the real purpose of the Vatican, doesn't it? Uh, yes, yes. I mean, 
And, and I looked at the uh, now the um, I'm, the name of the uh, documentary escapes me. It was on the History Two Channel or History. What is it? HD or H two HD channel? Secret something. Uh, the Vatican uh, secret. Uh, right. Um, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, but but I, I was looking at that and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, if this much was disclosed, you know, what did they not disclose? Or and obviously a whole lot. And one of the other thing too, and I didn't realize this, that the papers of the Pope. Are, are withheld from public view for 75 years after the death of the Pope. Um, anyway, I just... Uh, so many things surrounding the Vatican, the Pope, um, the, the Jesuits, the Vatican Bank, the, the, the location geographically, as well as, you know, the, the historical and, um, uh, you know, of the Vatican. My goodness, there's just so much there. So... I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, it, it, remember the last part of the documentary? They um, they had um, uh, that kind of the keep-looking thing, um, which is a building inside the Vatican area, but supposedly not part of the of the church. It's the business arm, the Vatican Bank, has been nicknamed, and they control undisclosed amounts of money all over the planet. And uh, although the Vatican operates on a budget of something like three hundred and thirty-five uh, billion dollars a year, they they usually run short by about three billion in income. So you're supposed to feel sorry for them if they run at a deficit. But that's what they disclose for the Vatican, uh, you know, the church part, the bank part. They will not allow to be um, investigated or you know documented for the public. And Lord only knows what countries. I'm not talking about individuals, but what countries they hold paper on in their bank. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where the real financial power is. And elsewhere in the documentary, they said, um, okay, um, we're, um, we, we have uh, priests in, well, almost every country of the world. And they show in there where some of the Russian priests were uh, used by the communists in Russia to spy on the Vatican back during, I think, World War II or somewhere back in there. But it works both ways. The Vatican has, uh, quote-unquote, uh, intelligence agents in all the countries of the world to see what the people are doing, what the governments are doing. So, in essence, the Vatican has tremendous global power by their intelligence gathering uh, in all the nations. And they do uh, kind of, quote-unquote, advise a lot of leaders. And more importantly, they control the thoughts of the the um, the religious, the faithful Catholics. Uh, if the Pope says it, it's almost, you know, factum dictum. It's true. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought about that, and I thought, goodness gracious. You know, the Vatican really is uh, like the power of the, of the first beast. It's rising to be a world power that controls all the nations of the world. And it's dressed in purple and gold and all that kind of stuff. You know, the members of it are. So, I, you know, I'm, I guess what started this discussion with you and I off, off air was we were talking about the, the first beast. And it, it's something to do with the Vatican, I'm sure, with the revived Roman Empire. Because everybody thought Rome died. You know, it, uh, the Caesar was uh, gotten rid of, you know, like the head was chopped off of, of, the Rome, of Rome, and the Roman Empire died. But yet, when the church, you know, one Caesar said, "Look, let's let's make it 
go into the church. Let's make the, the, the Christian religion the official religion of Rome. And at that point, they started dumping in the concept and the structure of a Roman Empire. Instead of a Caesar, you had a pope. And that's why there were so many battles in Europe between France and, uh, and, and the Vatican and stuff like that. It was because the French were trying to stop the, the political power coming from the, the Vatican. Um, it is definitely, it, 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 uh, it had a bad economic time around the early 1900s, but it's recovered and its, its wealth is just immeasurable at this point. Um, so, you know, yeah, I, I don't know who they're going to make a deal with or whether the actual Pope will be a Solomon, but I, I am pretty sure that the name Solomon, Solomon or something like that, will be the name given to the first beast. But it will have this Vatican um, overtone to it, whether it be a Chin Nation consortium, you know, like the, the toes of iron and clay and, and the, uh, the dream uh, vision that Nebuchadnezzar had and Daniel interpreted, but certainly the iron legs are the least east and west legs of the Roman Empire that suddenly reappears through the uh, modern Vatican across the whole planet. So the the mystery deepens, I guess is what I'm saying. And and uh, that documentary, I just, I wish I could remember the name of it. It really, uh, you know, uh, it really should be watched by a lot of people. And it's it was made what was it like five years ago or something like that? It doesn't have the current Pope in it. And at that time, it was impressive, wasn't it, Doug? Exactly, it was. And uh, yeah, uh, it's. I watched it on the computer in my office. I don't. I don't have it here, uh, as as all my notes are in, in the office as, as well. But yeah, I don't. I don't remember the name. But but I'll tell you something. And, and people, I, I'm sure if you if you just search, folks, for uh, uh, History Channel Vatican documentary, you'll you'll find it. Um, yeah, it was impressive in terms of the. Again, you know what they disclosed, but it, it just led me to believe if if they allowed this much information out, what are they keeping, you know, hidden and secret? And that's I don't know, man. I'll tell you. Oh, actually, it, I just found the date of it. Anyway, two thousand and one is a National Geographic production, production, which I think the History Channel played. But uh, two thousand one, and that was what uh, what fifteen that's, years ago. That's two thousand and one. Wow. That's what it said, copyright 2001 on the tail end of it. I just pulled it up. Uh, the okay. end of it, I don't know what the name of it is yet, but, uh, yeah. Uh, wow. I'm All surprised right. that they let so much of it out. I mean, it you know, it showed uh, the assassination attempts on the popes uh, and yeah. uh, how they elect, you know, a new pope. And there's just a lot of hocus-pocus that goes on behind the scenes that they're never going to tell us you know, out in the open. But it's like a mystery, you know, mystery Babylon type thing. It uh uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I think what we're looking at here, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Vatican, I think, I think we can we can say that the Vatican certainly um, is going to play a big part in ushering in the new world order, and the Pope is going to play a big part in ushering in this one world um, religious order, if you will. I mean, Pope Benedict calls for called for a new world order. Uh, Pope John Paul called for a new world order. Um, you know, I mean, how can we, uh, you know, how can we not? I mean, the Vatican is moving toward a new. Even the Vatican is moving toward a new financial world order. And um, some of the comments made by the Pope uh, 
were interesting as well of late, talking about the green agenda of the global economy. Um, I don't know, man. That's uh, okay. Sorry, I didn't well, mean to go off on that, but you know. Well, I know it's it's something that needs to to be discussed, whether you're Catholic or not. But and, and along those lines, I did get a couple of emails from people when we talked about it before that said, you know, you're just so wrong that you know it's not the Vatican. You know, you it, you don't understand. And I'm thinking, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, and and it's look. I was raised as a Catholic, and and I mean, I went to Catholic elementary school. I, I attended minor seminary, which was a Jesuit operated seminary. And, and Stan, and I'll, t- and I'll tell the audience this, and tell you this, and tell everyone this. I had no clue. I didn't know what it, I didn't know the difference. I, the Jesuit seminary. I didn't know really what a Jesuit was or what they stood for or what you know the power behind it. I knew the Catholic rituals, you know, and of course I was taught Catholic church history, but beyond that, you know, so I must have been like, you know, the odd man out. No one wanted me in their circle because, you know, anyway, but, but I understand the, the adherence to Catholicism. Um, I, I get that, but we can, we can discuss it intellectually. And I think that people have, I, I think, I think, we need to be intellectual, intellectually honest, and I think that we, uh, in, do, in so doing, I think we have to recognize it doesn't matter if it's the Vatican or if it's, uh, you know, it doesn't matter who, but we have to we have to be intellectually honest when we're discussing these things, and if uh, sometimes the truth hurts, so. Yeah, anyway. yeah, something in that document, secret access to the Vatican or something like that, wasn't it? Something that sound familiar? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not, uh, yeah, it, it, that, has a ring to it, or uh, yeah. Anyway, it was, yeah, I, I think yeah. it was called Secret Access to the Vatican or something on History Channel. But the point is, whether you, if you are Catholic, we're not demeaning Catholics, but we are saying that the Vatican, uh, the history of the Vatican, has been to not encourage the the individual to read and study the Bible on their own. Recently, they've started letting that happen, but when they did, there have been uh, groups of Catholics that have pulled out of the. Uh, Catholic Church because of what they read in the Bible. Um, before that time, they kept you ignorant. You know, you just go through the ceremonies and, and do confession and stuff and your rosary beads and you'll be fine. But that is not in the Bible. It, it's just totally not there. And so many people that I've known, uh, including you now, uh, that have been in the Catholic Church uh, wake, have waked up because of actually reading the Bible themselves. Uh, you're not too stupid to read the Bible, and you don't have to have a degree in theology to read to understand the Bible. Um, and so I encourage everyone, read the Bible and get the truth there. And don't trust any man, anybody. Just read and understand yourself and prove yourself worthy to be, you know, a good servant of the Lord. Anyway, a- I'm, amen I'm to on that. my soapbox. No, and, and one, one more thing uh, in, in, in my studies and research, um, you know, we see how many trans different variations or translations of the of the of the bible from the king james version to the new king james version which i consider perhaps one of the most dangerous versions of the bible to the niv and so on but when you look at these various uh, uh, bibles uh, in the new king james version there's over a hundred thousand word changes and it's not just the and now but just the numerous in fact there's entire passages uh, or entire um, uh, verses that, that have been uh, changed and or omitted. In fact, uh, 
the word Lord, I believe, is uh, uh, removed 66 times. And on. I can go on and on. But but I said all that to say this. One of the phrases, or one, uh, one of the phrases, one of the uh, uh, verses in the Bible is we're not to to uh, utter, um, um, we're not to be repetitious in our prayers, basically, is what mm-hmm. they're saying. You know, you, you don't you, make you vain don't. and repetitious prayer, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And again, I'm, I'm operating off of no notes and... Uh, anyway, so so yeah, um, and, and it's been mistranslated, intentionally mistranslated by other Bibles into saying don't talk, uh, you know, don't don't talk babble or don't talk foolishness. But the in the Catholic Bibles with the imprimatur, it is that's what they're saying, you know, don't don't uh, engage in foolish discussion or discourse. Where, however, the the actual uh, you know primary Bible back uh, 1611 or prior to 1611. The Douay version of it, eh? Well, yeah, the, the, exactly. Douay Rim version of it uh, is, you know, much different than the than the, uh, the original one. But anyway, so I just thought that was interesting. Just one example of many. But well, go ahead, sir. Look up the Lord's Prayer. You know, uh, our Father which art in heaven, blah, 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 that we all seem to know. Look mm-hmm. that up on the Internet and see how many translations there are of that from the Aramaic, which is, you know, it's not a easy language to translate from these days, but the Aramaic language is what Jesus spoke, and there are 15 different translations for the Lord's, or for the, you know, the Lord's Prayer, and it's, there are some significant variations between what you and I normally use and what the other 14 translations give, but just that alone tells you that translating from language to language can be a problem. Yeah. Yep. I remember as a kid, uh, the the Lord's Prayer changing while I was in church, um, from forgive us our sins to forgive us our trespasses, or one way or the other. Yeah. The removal of the ending. I mean, it's amazing how much the the word of the Lord changes in a place where it's not supposed to change a bit. I know. But, well, well uh, our, our our brothers and sisters of the Christian faith, whatever church they go to, they perish because of the lack of knowledge. And the only way for them to get it is to read the good book themselves. You know, they can listen to other people, you know, discuss it like you and I are doing. But in the end, we must read the Bible ourselves and, you know, make a concentrated effort to understand the structure of it and the reasons of it according to what we can understand personally. I know that when I go back and read sections of the Bible that I haven't read in 10 or 15 years, because I don't read the Bible through from A to B all the time, you know, or every year or anything, but when I go back and check some of the uh, the quotes that I've been using sometimes, I'll think, oops, memory played a, a, a trick on me because that's not what the Bible says. And so it's important that all of us, whether we're new Christians or not, or whether we have not read the Bible, is to get in and read it and try our best to understand it with the help of the Holy Spirit, because that's where the truth lies. And you need to get the oldest versions of it you can to try to reduce the amount of um, perversion of the Word that is going on uh, in the modern world. Absolutely, and that's why the concordance is good, to take it back to the root um, definitions of, of the words. And uh, you know, and you said something, you know, the, the people perish for lack of knowledge, and this is at a time where the ability for knowledge and the access to knowledge is so easy and and yeah. it's everywhere i mean bibles are everywhere and 
uh, knowledge is everywhere, but I guess it's a matter of what knowledge is actually important that we need to focus on versus everything else. Yeah, I'm sorry, uh, Stan and, and, and Joe. Joe handed me a note earlier, and I just want to confirm something here. The situation in Oregon at the uh, uh, with Ammon Bundy at that uh, uh, preserve is the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge. Apparently there have been either shots fired or... Um, Reports of shots fired. Two people Am- shot, three arrested. Yeah, Ammon Bundy. Ammon Bundy's in custody. Uh, you know, rather than we, one thing we don't do, folks, is we don't hang on breaking news. I just want to interrupt this, but we don't hang. We'll acknowledge it. Something happened. Ammon Bundy appears to be in custody, according to the the, the, the Twitter uh, feed that we're following. It's actually, uh, uh apparently, who's out there may or may not be in custody. Uh, you know, whatever. Okay, but we will follow what we will distill it. Or, you know, find the important information out and report uh, report back to you. So, sorry, Stan, I didn't mean to take away. From That's you. right. Yeah, I, it's an important issue. I don't know that I would have handled the situation the way those guys did, um, but right, it's what they've done, and of course, it's a, a volatile situation. Maybe it will be settled rather quietly and calmly. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I, th- I think there were there were disparate. Well, there were opposing agendas. I think there was infiltration, and I think there was uh, deliberate uh, some things that were being done deliberately to provoke a confrontation, and, um, and and that's not an indictment against the patriots. It's just to me a matter of of potential. Uh, that's what I was well, seeing. What's interesting know? about the timing of this is the the bureau of the land management. BLM, they released what they were really after, and that's the minerals on the land out there. And that just came out a day or two yeah. ago. What was that? The actual the minerals that are down uh, in that land, and how much mineral? And we're talking gold, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, well, so, you know, so there you have it. Back in the late fifties, early sixties, my dad and his brothers, um, and uh, our whole families, in essence, had a publishing call. Company called Timely Publications out of Dallas, and we were the vanguard at that time of um, putting out uh, books uh, and uh, distributing books that were waking people up about the conspiracy and the Illuminists and all that kind of stuff. And that's back when it wasn't popular; really wasn't popular. Um, and we had, oh gosh, like a quarter of a million people write to us, and uh, we didn't have internet in those days, and we had letters, and we had a warehouse full of people packing books and everything to get them out across the country. And um, one morning, uh, Dad came into the office, and a bunch of our files, cards of people's names and addresses were gone, and one of the um, officers of the company we'd set up, he was a, a, a vice president, I guess you'd call him, but uh, his last name was Ringler, R-I-N-G-L-E-R, believe it or not. He was a ringer. He'd come in when the, the movement first started and was very pro-everything and gung-ho and wormed his way to the top management uh, of the company. And um, then when it was the right time, he absconded with the names, key names of people across the United States that were dealing with us and were customers and shakers and movers of the conservative movement. And so when you say that this... Uh, this situation with the sit-in might have had uh, some plants, you know, inside the, the the Patriots. I can almost guarantee it. They did it to us, and that's just been their method, is to get somebody inside up close to the top to, you know, uh, bring it down when it's 
the right time to cause a problem. So you're not wrong. They, that's uh-huh. just one of their standard tactics. You know, Stan, I mean, it seems to be the standard operating procedures, the divide and conquer, regardless of the situation, regardless of the issue, regardless of the group. I mean, no one is uh, seems to be uh, uh, no group or no entity seems to be impervious to, to infiltration. It just, it's just it's incredible. But anyway, I don't know. Some of the yeah, I've run several have, security checks on Holly lately. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I'm just being silly. She must not be in the room, huh? No, uh, no, no. Thank it's... goodness I'd be hit with that. <laughs> <laughs> no. She is. And, and folks, uh, if you're not familiar, and I, I can't imagine anyone not being familiar with Holly Dale, has written a great book, Dare to Prepare. Uh, it's it's really a must for anyone who's in, interested in uh, preparation. That's there to prepare. If you go to standale.com, go ahead and order there there to prepare, and you can get it in several different uh, uh, formats. So, and of course, Cosmic Conspiracy, as Stan mentioned earlier, that's a that's just a fantastic book as well. So the final edition really really puts the cherry on the cake or on the ice cream sundae. That is, in fact, the world in which we live. So, Stan, thanks so much for writing that. And, Holly, you too. Thank you so much. So I urge everyone to add that those to your library. Yeah, now, in, on the In your lecture series, thing. too, by the way. Sorry, but, say again? Sorry. No, in your lecture series, too, which is just a phenomenal DVD. But uh, I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Got to do the commercials. <laughs> um, sure, why not? On the chat channel uh, for your, um, your your show tonight, they've been asking about this Planet X business, and um, it's kind of a rather interesting thing because the the professor is out at uh, the California University there that discovered it. Um, they uh, it's at Caltech at Pasadena uh, Institute of Technology. Uh, Dr. Brown and uh, Bat Badgen, uh, Constantine Badgen, they've discovered this ninth planet mathematically they haven't actually seen it yet but they're telling people where to look with the telescopes to try to um, you know actually visually see it and they've done this on the basis of mathematical calculations about the perturbation of the orbit of uh, Uranus and Neptune and even Pluto uh, saying that that gives them a direction to look for for this massive thing that has um, you know maybe um, the size of Neptune size planet out there somewhere now, where I disagree with them, uh, I've written to them, I haven't heard back yet, is that they say this planet X is orbiting out beyond 200 times the distance of the Earth from the Sun. And now, um, the, my calculations show, I mean, I use uh, standard astronomical uh, equations for planetary orbits, that a planet in a an orbit of not 200, but 230 to 235 times the distance of the Earth from the Sun would have an orbital period of 3,600 years. Now, in their article, they say, no, it orbits the Sun every 15,000 years. Well, that just does not conform to the standard, uh, you know, uh, equations for planets orbiting the Sun. Um, It's just way off. I mean, it's like, uh, what, five times or four times uh, the distance or, or the orbital time that we calculate for a planet in that orbit. Anyway, uh, I have written to them because I do know that that is a very stable orbit and a planet could orbit 
at around 232 to 235 AU uh, from you know from the sun. But um, it remains to be seen whether it's there or not. And um, they show an orbital path that that I think I agree with. It's it's got to be elliptical, kind of egg shaped, and uh, they're showing it in, in its. Um, um, Aphelion, like it's furthest point from the sun where they're looking, <coughs> and I'm thinking it must be closer to have the effect it's having on uh, the uh, outer planet. Um, uh, you know, at, at the uh, perihelion, the close sun point, and even that's still outside the orbit of uh, Pluto and the, the uh, Kuiper Belt. It's way out there. Anyway, it's encouraging in that they are they were zeroing in on it, and I could be wrong. I mean. You know, I'm not a professional astronomer, but um, my, you know, crude approximations, as they are, say it should be in closer uh, than on the other side of the orbit that they're looking at. But um, time will tell. We'll see. Hmm. It, it, it amazes me just the topic of Planet X in the. Um it, it seems. It, I, I don't know. Am I wrong? Shouldn't we know more? I mean, yes, we should. I, I mean, somebody has the information somewhere on yeah, this earth. It, it's not that I'm skeptical, but well, I'm, I'm skeptical of of a lot of things. But but the fact is, how could a planetary body, or maybe that's the incorrect description, how can a body like this be undetectable or um, not told? Yeah, uh, you know, passed down through history. Yeah. If it is actually something that comes back around, and I mean, I'm, I, you know what, Stan, I, I defer to you on on, on this. I really do, I'm, because I mean, you're the most logical and linear um, thinker with respect to this issue. So I'm going to defer to you on this. I just I, I'm confused about this. Well, yeah, look, um, there are still some great mysteries about our solar system, the formation of it, and the current state of it, because. Um, some of the bodies that might be orbiting out there between us and the nearest star system um, may not emit enough light in any spectrum for us to detect with our telescopes. Um, the, there's been a strong support for the, the sun almost having a twin, like a binary star system. The majority of star systems in our galaxy did form as twins, not all, but the great majority of them. Um, our twin could have been uh, Jupiter because it was pretty massive, but it did not have enough mass to ignite the uh, fission-fusion reactions. Um, as a result, it's just a gaseous giant. Um, you know, it's got moons around it, but if you look at the mass of the planets in our solar system, the inner planets, you know, uh, Mars, Earth, Mercury, Earth, Venus, they're smaller planets, and they have a mass distribution, you know, that's much smaller than uh, Jupiter and Saturn and Neptune. Those are the gas giants, and it's almost like they form a separate mm, group of planets, you know, uh, that are the big guys all hanging together. It's not mixed in with the small guys. Um, so it, Jupiter could have been a, a dud binary star twin for our sun, or this planet X out there may have been uh, a failed binary star as well. Uh, um, you know, there's just a lot of questions that have to be answered that we don't, at this point, have the answers, at least publicly, to to make an, a, you know, an appraisal of the situation. There is something out there, I'm pretty sure of that. 
Um, and, you know, I've been playing with the formula here for our solar system for several years now, then uh, determining the wave action stuff that, that forms stable orbits. And I do agree that there is a stable orbit out there uh, about 235 to 232 AUs out, which is within, you know, short range of where these guys say it is. They say it's over 200 AU. They didn't say exactly how far. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, it's this ongoing article or, or argument or discussion about uh, Planet X, it, it can affect the inner planets indirectly by affecting the outer planets with uh, gravity perturbations of their orbits and and hence maybe put some uh, physical pressures on the, the, the sun through magnetic fields, gravitational fields, that kind of stuff. But that's another whole argument that I guess we don't really need to bore everybody with at this point. But yeah, there, there could be something out there, guys, and uh, there's still no optical proof that we have a location of it yet. Uh, the question I have, shouldn't we have optical proof? It's hard to resolve um, small bodies like that. Um, I know we're, you know, you read reports that they've detected an Earth-like planet in orbit around some distant star system. The way they do that is they measure the amount of light diminished in the sun as these planets pass in front of it, and they they can tell then that that something of a certain size has passed between us, our telescopes, and that star we're looking at, and they assume it to be an orbital planet, and they can determine the period of it and things like that. But we don't have uh, that luxury with anything in our solar system out to the the edges of our solar system, which are at least the distance that light would travel in a year from the sun outward. You know, it takes eight minutes or so to get to us. Imagine a year's distance of light getting out from us, and at the edge, at the end of that year's travel at the speed of light, you would be to the edge of our solar system. Um, that's a long way out. And uh, for no light coming from it, how can you see it? I mean, we look at optical light and stuff, and, you know, we have enough trouble with the, with um, Pluto and uh, uh, Uranus and stuff out there, you know, to get good imagery unless we have a satellite or, or a, a probe go past it. For a probe to get out there where we want to look where you're talking about, we're talking months at the speed of light, and we don't travel that fast with our, our little probes. we just got to wait. That's why we're gotcha. not determining where they are. Gotcha. Okay. That now that makes sense. Hearing it from you like that. Okay. I I, I understand that. All right. So we wait and see. I, I yep. guess at yep. this point. Hey, listen on the uh, show images page um, down about right next to the Planet X discussion. There, you can see that blue planet with the word Planet X. Look to the right of that. It says compare earthquakes at Yellowstone between 2000 and 2016. And for those of you that can, go to our website, uh, to the show images page where the little blue microphone is on the front page. You click on that and get over there and go down um, to, uh, let's see, the third row down on the right-hand side, and you'll see little yellow dots all over pictures of Yellowstone from the air, from Google Earth. And something is um, uh, is up there. The top part of the picture shows Yellowstone earthquakes from the 1st of January 2000 to the end of 2012. Now that's 12 years of earthquakes recorded on USGS plotted on that map. And that little dark space there is the lake in the middle of the um, um, Yellowstone Park. And you can zoom that image up and you can see a little faint green outline that shows you uh, the state border around that, uh, you know, in the, at the Yellowstone Park. 
Now, if you go down to the second image from January the 1st, 2013 to 11 January this year, that's only, what, two years and 11 days, look at all the earthquakes that are in the Yellowstone area now. Do you see that? It's absolutely chocker-block with quakes. There's something going on down there. Can you get to that page on your... I don't know whether you can show it yeah, on your... In fact, yeah, it's, it's being shown right now. If folks watching this live on YouTube, just check the image there. You could see it. This is from images, the show images page from standdale.com. Look at the difference in the, well, yellow dots, earthquakes. Just amazing. And you can see, with, I you know you're putting your cursor up there, you can see bands of yellow quakes moving to the west moving out of the Yellowstone area toward, you know, whatever it is, Utah or something there, or uh, maybe Idaho, I guess it is, something up that high, maybe over toward Washington. But there's something moving under there, and it's it's, uh, it's causing these quakes. So I, I thought that was important to uh, to discuss tonight, just a little bit anyway. Keep an eye okay. on Yellowstone. Well, well, considering that, and I know, I don't, I mean, we're not into predictions or whatever, but based on the, uh, just this evidence alone, um, what would happen? I mean, an earthquake, a significant earthquake in Yellowstone, uh, it, it's a, it would be a lot different than an earthquake, we'll say, in you know, in California, obviously, right? Uh, because of, because of the what's underneath there. Yeah, yeah. It's, they found it, it, the, the magma pool is four times what they thought it was before. I think uh, our second one down underneath all that. We're we're seeing some changes in the crust of the earth and this is definitely and as you put these pictures together like this you don't realize what a, a rapid change in the last two years it is compared to the last you know 12 years before that you can see that there were earthquakes you know um, uh, going to the the west out of the Yellowstone area in the top image which had just a few of them from you know 2012 but 12 years worth of earthquakes right but it's the last two years that kind of filled out <laughs> The area, just amazing. Anyway, that's that's earthquakes. Yeah, I'm um, not sure I want to buy. I'm not sure I want to buy real estate in, uh, next to Yellowstone. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not I don't think it matters. Hey, did you see on the news today about all the homes that are threatened in California? That area there are falling into the sea because it's washing yeah, out the shore. That. Yep. Why would you want to stay in your house? I mean, you're you going to die. That was complaining. Over. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good question. Yeah. It's also home, though, you know. People probably um, aren't, you know, I, I imagine, I heard that clip where that lady said, you know, I can't believe they won't let us go home. Uh, how far will that go? I mean, uh, I guess the... How long is a piece of string? I mean, you know, stuff is pounding at the sand. They're, they're built yeah. on a bank of sand. Um, how dumb can you be? Don't build your house on sand, and what the Bible says. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good good point. Uh, yeah. that's, that's that's amazing there too. Elsewhere I mean, in California, well, the yeah. they are preparing for the aftermath of El Nino, and you've had a drought, and you've got El Nino with year, you know, with rain and stuff, and it will continue for a while. We may have another El Nino next year. I don't know yet, but uh, they are. They are getting uh, stores in San Francisco and Los Angeles uh, and San Diego are getting in supplies 
uh, for people, you know, uh, prep supplies, uh, you know, that people will need when power goes out or water is, uh, is short or, you know, a number of things that could happen. Uh, earthquakes, uh, obviously, that, that could be affected by the El Nino or by the drought, either one. Um, we think the El Nino is going to weaken this year, and as I say, I don't know what next year will bring, but uh, people are stocking up on supplies, you know, and they need, like, you know, Holly's book, The Dare to Prepare book, you mentioned before, but here it is, mainstream California, Noah saying, get prepared, get your your supplies in that you will need for emergency, emergency power, emergency water, emergency food, light, you know, and uh, there's an article on that that you can start looking at it uh, on our uh, show images page, just click on the uh, top row uh, right picture which says flooded getting prepared for el nino and more in california so um you know you have time now people especially in california get prepared be advised um you know in addition right to the left of that are two articles you know from canada and venezuela venezuela is facing 720 percent hyperinflation which is meaning that their fresh fruits and vegetables and stuff are out of range of most people's income. They, they can't afford to buy food. In Canada, across the board, uh, the food prices last year rose about 17%. And this guy here in the picture I've got on that page showing the guy with tomatoes there, uh, he's uh, he's showing um, you know a box of tomatoes there. I don't know how many's in that box. But, um, you know... The year before, it was $1.99 a pound for that box. Now he has to sell the same box at $4, you know, at double the price for tomato. Right. Uh, and so it's a good argument for getting what you need in, you know, freeze-dried food and stuff like that, or seeds that you can plant and grow yourself if we have a good growing climate, <laughs> which is doubtful these days. But uh, famine could very well be uh, on the way on a planetary scale because of... Uh, you know, drastic weather changes, uh, climate changes in when spring occurs and what you get. And then, of course, the shortage of, of food um, makes it so that whether you got money or not, you can't buy it. It's just not there. Uh, that's probably why people will throw their gold and silver into the street, you know, rich people, because uh, it, you can't eat gold and silver. What they want to do is have food and water and, and the stuff that they need. That's why we've been telling people for years, you and Holly and I and everybody that's working this field, Get prepared. Buy the stuff you need ahead of time, and now then the price is going up. So, you, you know, anyway. that's one of the one of the uh, issues. In, in fact, we have a, a new sponsor called Heaven's Harvest. In fact, HagmanSeeds dot com. HagmanSeeds dot com. That really interested me when I was looking at the um, um, the fresh fruit and vegetables. I was I was thinking, yeah, you can have, for example, you know, a freeze dried corn, and, and I, I'm all for having long term storable food. But I, I really did not put a lot of thought into the seed part of things. I mean, I did, but I didn't. You know what I mean? So, um, wow, yeah. Huh. Well, um, we've got seeds stored in our fridge outside, or actually it's in the freezer. I, I hope that uh, they will all be viable. Some won't be, I'm sure, but uh, we've done that now then so that we've got seeds to hopefully plant whenever a spring comes. And this year, I'm almost expecting we have a, a, an earlier spring than last year. Not sure, but things are warming up like that here. Ah, joke. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's uh, all, uh, it's how, how 70 degrees where we are this weekend, give you an idea. Really? Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And get this, we had snow yesterday, about a half inch of it or so, but it's going to be 70 over the weekend. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, 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 I think collectively we had uh, three feet of snow roughly, and, and today it was, I think, 40, 42, 42 degrees. So, you know, it's, it's the freeze thaw melt off. Yeah, it's, it's, and we've seen some pretty drastic, uh, temperature differentials, you know, from the low to the high temperatures. And it seems to be getting wilder. And, and I do, you know, Stan, how, how much of this do you attribute to, um, I'll just ask chemtrailing, for example. I mean, do you see chemtrailing being, whether it's an intended consequence of, of, you know, the weather's intended consequence of chemtrailing or it was, Unintended. I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's, they hardly ever chemtrail at night, only during the day. Why is that? Is it to to blind satellites to what's underneath? I doubt it. Is it to try to mitigate uh, the temperature control of the planet from increased solar radiation getting through our weakening magnetic field? Quite possibly. Now, that's trying to help. This, our magnetic field is weakening. There is no question about it. And it's weakening rapidly. Uh, when it gets down to a certain point, we're probably going to see the magnetic pole reversal. NASA's even discussed the possibility of that, and a near probability. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happens, the uh, the temperature of the planet is going to rise because we're going to have increasing amounts of ultraviolet, and the U, A, and B ranges be absorbed in the, the, the planet, in the plant life and animal life. We'll be indoors because it will hurt us to be outside when that happens. But the weakening magnetic field removes our atmospheric shield that we have now in the ionosphere uh, and, in, and in the Van Allen belts as well. All that weakens when the magnetic field dies and our shields are gone. So, yes, this is, this is more probably an effort to the chemtrails to, to help us rather than to hurt us. But it only delayed the inevitable. We are going to see change. Interesting perspective on that. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Yes, yes. You know, um, there's um, uh, uh, another thing here. Um, I, I've got a guy down in Africa on the Garden of Eden who has a, um, he's a Christian fellow. He's got a travel agency called Elyon, uh, which is, you know, the highest. El Elyon is God the highest, but Elyon is Hebrew for high. And uh, I put a link to his site there down about uh, one, two, three, four. Five rows down has a nice picture of the Serengeti or the Serengeti or the Ngoro, anyway, something like that, with the sun setting or rising, depending on your point of view. If you click on that, you can uh, see about his uh, travel agency there. And if you want to take a trip to the Garden of Eden, this guy can arrange it. Has arranged it for other people here recently. And uh, nice chap. We uh, email back and forth. Uh, so I've finally found a place that uh, we can uh, recommend people to. Fantastic. Yeah, if you click on it, you see nice photos. Did you yeah. look in there and see the photos? Yep, yep. In fact, uh, people watching on YouTube can see them as we speak. Oh, Our okay. Main. In the computer, oh. wonderful. <laughs> uh, I'll tell <laughs> you, I'll tell you. on the screen. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's fantastic. And, and pretty soon, Stan, we, um, we hopefully here in the next couple of months, we'll be able to have you on live you know, um, on YouTube and, uh, like, oh, what no. am I trying to say? Yeah, it, so no more pajamas with a flap in the back. You're going to have to get dressed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gosh, I have to get dressed if you're going to go live. 
<laughs> well, it, it, uh, uh, of course, that's optional. You know, but, uh, <laughs> oh, well, anyway. of course, yes. These days, definitely optional. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not clothing. The, the participation. The, never mind. Uh, 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 I'll right, shut up. Okay. Now. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's know. it's. It's unbelievable. You know, we spent an hour talking about what I think some pretty important things. Uh, we got about three minutes left, two and a half minutes left. Uh, how do you want to Let close? Let me hit something there. Close? Well, uh, the only thing I haven't covered that I wanted to, which is briefly, uh, the oil pipeline being proposed between by Israel, being proposed uh, to go from the Kurdish port of uh, part of Iraq, the northern part, northeastern part a pipeline to go through northern Iraq over into Jordan and then into Israel because they want the oil pipeline. Now, you know, I have to wonder about this because if you click the image, you see the dotted portion of it there. That's a proposed link between Jordan pipeline and the Kurdish pipeline. The Kurds, you know, uh, are right. uh, The territory that operates in the green there and then the kind of light white color is the rest of Iraq where you have ISIS or Daesh, as some people like to call them. Uh, and they've been secretly shipping oil up through, well, not too secretly anymore, but up through into Turkey. So the Turks have been buying oil from Daesh out of Iraq. And now the, the Israelis want to tie into the same same oil pipeline and take their portion over into Jordan, which is coming, this part of the pipeline is coming from Kurdish-occupied Iraq. It's madness over in that area. It's just absolute madness. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. We, we really we really have to keep our eye on that for sure. And, and, and that's, you know, that does fit in with biblical prophecies. And I remember you talking about things like this early on. I mean, um, so, wow. Well, good calls all. We have made well, it to the end of the show. Oh, hey, we're getting the hook. We're getting the hook. Okay, okay. guys. Great to great have you usual. back. God yeah, bless you, Holly, We said hi. And uh, I'll have do a nice week. She's sitting across from me here. I'll tell her, guys. Lord All bless right. you. God, God bless, bless you, bye-bye. too. We'll be back tomorrow, 7 yeah. p.m. Yeah, YouTube, eight. Global Star Radio Network. Yeah. Eric and J.D. and Rhonda, God bless all of you. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you so much. God have a good bless. night, everyone. Doug and Joe have left the best. This is the Global Star Radio Network.